Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Oliver Nye and Carnell Lee from Big Bash Dreams. Um, I met Oliver, like really met him at, at a Ballast Point with Mike Lane and all the guys from uh, Ballast Point Fishing Team. So we kind of talked there and uh, set up a podcast date and he came on. It's a great podcast. We talk a lot about, we talk about fishing and we talk about social media and lifestyle a little more. It's a great podcast. Oliver breaks down to 17 uh very interesting and he had some good points of view so thank you again oliver and carnell for coming on um today is the last day if you want to get in on the kavala two speed real uh patreon possible gift uh go ahead to go to the patreon link and is link is in our bio you can uh have it you'll have a chance to win that real the the kavala two speed you're going to hear an ad today also, uh, if you can give us five stars on iTunes, that'd be great. YouTube channel. I, I tried to get it up last night, but it didn't work. So should be up later today. YouTube version, video and everything. I think I messed up a couple parts too, but whatever. It looks good. Um, I'm really excited to have our first two official sponsors of the podcast this week. First one, you'll hear, you're, you're going to hear a couple ads, Akuma and Optimum. Great companies. They sponsor the podcast this week. Very thankful for that. Also, starting the first big announcement, it's Swimbait Underground Month. Next week will be Matt Purcell, Manny Chi, um, and I have a couple other uh, roundtable. We're going to line that up, so it'll be cool. They're also going to be giving a great gift. So you'll be able to get a um, the backpack they just released, the uh, coat of arms hat, bait wrap, and one of the Swimbait Underground collab baits. I'm not sure which one yet. I'll announce it uh, on probably Matt's episode. But you guys are want to get in on that. It's going to be a great prize for this month's Patreon sponsor. So they'll be actually giving us that for the sponsorship. So uh, thanks, guys, for listening. Please listen to these ads. If you like the podcast, it helps support the podcast. So if you can listen to the next two ads, I'd appreciate that. And uh, go check them out. Thanks, guys, for listening. Today's Cast and Crank podcast is brought to you by the Kavala 2-Speed Lever Drag Reel from Akuma. If you're in the market for a high-quality machined aluminum 2-Speed Reel that is perfectly matched for fishing our local waters, you gotta check out these bad boys. When I say they're perfect, I mean spot on. The Kavala Reels are available in four sizes, 5, 5 Narrow, 12, and 12 Narrow, and both come in left and right hand retrieve. I'm sitting here with the 12-size 2-Speed in my hands, and this thing looks like it's straight out of an IndyCar motor. Totally tricked out, designed with a compact body and premium components. 
The Kavala features a rigid one-piece machined aluminum frame and side plates, four corrosion-resistant stainless steel bearings, 17.4 gradeless stainless steel main and pinion gear, and a carbonite drag system with cow sheets drag grease that puts out 24 to 34 pounds of fish-stopping drag at full. The Kavala is corrosion-resistant, battle-proven, and built to handle the toughest of conditions. We're talking home guard mossbacks and tanker white sea bass to big bluefin tuna. These reels are ready to give you the upper hand when you're on the water. The Kavala 2-Speed Series offers anglers a great deal in terms of value, performance, and features. It may very well be the best value in 2-Speeds out there with prices ranging from $239.99 to $339.99, plus a 3 years parts warranty. Check them out at your favorite tackle dealer or visit Akuma website for more details. We are thrilled to have Akuma as a sponsor. They have a great story, been around for a long time, continue to advance their products through battle-tested research and technology not to mention offering the best service department in the industry. Kavala's two-speed will make believers out of even the saltiest of anglers. A lot of companies come and go here today, gone tomorrow, one bait wonders. Not AA Worms and Optimum Bait Co. These guys have been producing premium soft plastic baits and winning best of show awards since 1982. 1982, man. Shit, I was born in 1980. That's a long ass time, man. Man, from way back, including the first ever swim bait poured with an internal lead head, AA and Optum have been leaders and continue to crank out some of the finest and high-end swim baits and soft plastics in the industry. They live and die by the old man's motto, evolve and innovate. So in addition to their manufacturing capabilities, the company is the U.S. importer and distributor for premium Japanese brands, Deps, Ima, Zapu, and Manis Japan. Considering ground zero in the swim bait glide bait revolution, Optimum Baits has been working with previous podcast guest and podcast supporter, the doctor. Doctor. And I just stuck it on a Depths 250 slider. <laughs> Himself, legendary Butch Brown, as well as Satan Shimada of Japan, to name a couple. These guys set the bar and are directly responsible for some of the most innovative, big fish producing, PB catching swim baits on the planet. And lucky for us, they're still at it. Depths just launched the new Butch Brown Gizzard Shad in the entire Slide Swimmer series 250, 175, 145, and 115, as well as a couple new bluegill swim baits, the Depths Tiny Bull Shooter, and the Bulldoze. Manish Japan just released a 245 size balance and smaller sizes of the Sapar at the same time Optimum dropped the new 8 inch Papa Boom weedless swim bait. Don't wait, scoop them up at your favorite dealer or visit OptimumBaits.com. Follow them on Instagram at OptimumBaits. Cast and crank. My name's Butch Brown. That's how you do it, brother. This is Monday morning. See ya. Have fun at work, doctor. Yo, check, check. Mic check, mic check. <laughs> One, two, what is this? <laughs> um, so uh, here's here's a good one, guys. We have uh, Oliver. And what's your last name, Carl? My last name is Lee. Lee, okay. So, Carnell, um, both these guys are big influencers. And uh, Carnell, I kind of hooked up with first, I'm going to say, with Cast and Crank, where we talk back and forth, and you've been sporting my shit for a minute, you know? Appreciate that. I do. And uh, Oliver, we've been trying to get on for, gosh, probably a year and a half, and finally the stars aligned. Yeah, man. Yeah, I've been been busy. Yeah, I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) He's always on the road. Um, Yeah, I mean... I've had the whole story of the big swim bait thing. A lot of guys on Butch, you know, Bill, Peters, you know, Gilbert, everyone. And there was one piece that I was missing, I felt like, and it was you. Because you did the whole big bait thing. Not only did you do it, 
you made your professional audit where you made a business and really are very successful with your company, Big Bass Dreams. So not only that, you, you made your catch into a business, which a lot of people try to do, but you're very successful with it. So I want to kind of know your story. I feel like you're involved with it a little bit too, Carnell. You know, like you guys are boys. So like, yeah, we, we go way back. So man. way back. I'm very professional now. Even Oliver's heard me talk about this previously. <laughs> I'm trying to be professional, not saying F words anymore. Dropping the bomb. <laughs> you know what I took it as, man? I just took that as a personal challenge. Did you? So Yeah, absolutely. So I, I've talked. I'll give you guys a backstory real quick. I took, you guys look on the internet. I look on the internet. I feel like if you look too much, you might feel like you get disrespected. And if you read into things too much, you might feel like it's about you because you get feelings, you catch feelings yeah, and you look into things just too much. So I did that with Oliver. Okay. Mm -hmm. I feel like Oliver disrespected me. So we met up somewhere and I said, Hey, yo, is there an issue? And he's like, no, not at all, man. I read into it. I've done yeah. it before. I said, okay, my bad. That was it. So, yeah, I, mean, I might have had a, a ill will towards him, you know, previously, but we we, we squashed it out, and it's yeah. fine now. And that's part of, I think, Instagram, social media. You got to talk to the guy before you make a judgment on him. Oh, yeah, so, sure. Right? <clears throat> and I feel like you probably experienced this multiple times. Oh, you know, guys so probably – but I have some questions for later on down the line <laughs> yeah. because I, I, you have some really good ones for you, both of you guys. But let's talk about, I guess, uh, getting into big swim baits for both of you. We'll start with Oliver, kind of sure. like how you started getting into them. Man, you got to go back to the mid-90s, early 90s, when I was going to turn his outdoorsman in West Covina and in the display case all the way in the left, uh, in the Shimano section, actually. They'd have the original Castaic hard trouts in the display, and I think they were forty nine ninety nine in their super fancy box back then. So that's <laughs> that's where my fascin fascination began. Because as a ten, eleven, twelve year old kid, I'm like, dude, there are fish out there that will eat that. <laughs> and what age were you? Like, what year was it? <clears throat> I started fishing at ten. How? When did you get into the big bait though? I got my first one, which was like the hardhead soft body version. Twenty nine ninety nine at the time. Uh, whenever that came out, that was mid nineties. Yeah, how old are you right now? Five ninety six. Old enough. <laughs> oh, he's one of them guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, old enough to to been around the the game a long time, longer than a lot of the new guys to the game and scene may realize. But do I've been around? So when you say new guys, do you feel like you don't get the respect you deserve? Like I I feel like. Like I talked to you, like I said, you're a piece of the game. You're a piece of the puzzle. When you say the new guys, like, do you feel like, man, I've been doing this for from the get go? No, you know man. Saying? Honestly, like the the days where I'm <clears throat> concerned about if somebody knows who I am or what I've done are way behind me. Like I don't care, man, because even as far as I've been able to push this, like, dude, this is still just fishing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you think it's about the truth it. be told, right? When I'm hanging you out, that with... up a little more, Carnal. I'm sorry, yeah. I've gotten you off a little more yeah, too. No, Just so we could right. bring the whole mic up towards you. Yeah, the whole stand. Okay. I'm sorry, Oliver. Hey, you're good. So if, if you actually just take a step back and realize that in the grand scheme of things, nobody cares, and neither should we, because we're all human beings. Like, I shouldn't be upset if somebody hasn't seen one of my terrible YouTube videos. Like, I I really shouldn't. <laughs> 
you know, but if somebody does recognize something I've done, like that's always dope. Mm-hmm. Right. But to, to expect somebody to like, oh man, that person should know who I am. Cause I've had guys come at me twisted cause I'm like, bro, I don't know who you are. And that's not out of spite, out of anything negative. I just, dude, I'm in my own little world. Yeah, like, just I, too focused on other things. You I'm know? focused on all the potential things that I'm working on. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I got my blinders eyes on, man. So, like, I, I don't see a lot. Honestly, like, your growth, I was unaware of it. Just, like, I don't spend very much time here at home in Southern California. No, I get it. Like, you're, yeah, you're I, traveling. I get, I get it 100%. So, you know? in ways, I'm disconnected. Right from current events and the current culture, or the the, the direct pulse of the, the the scene, but like, you know, when I come home, I make it a point to like re-engage with with my peoples. Still make sure I don't get soft and can still catch fish here in Southern California because mm-hmm. this is a tough place to do it. Um, but man, we're getting way off tangent. So I mean, this goes back to- I'm sorry, and <laughs> so uh, people are gonna yell at me like they usually do. I'm learning as we go. I've been doing this for two years. I like to go off tangent because what I do is I get excited, dude. I like yeah. I like talking you, to well, people. It, gets, it starts to get really raw and you start to hear the story of how it's like it really happened. You know what I mean? And that's what the, the, the thing is, is like when people go, oh, you, you cut people. No, I don't. I don't cut anyone. I get excited because I want to ask you a fucking yeah, question. You keep and I want to cut you off because I'm excited. Like we're talking in person. Yeah. Like I'm talking to you, Cornell. I'm like, oh, music. I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah. Hey, this band. This, we you know, already like, earlier just so <laughs> went on. That's a how I cut you, know? you off. But going back to when you started getting into the, the big bait scene, yeah. Um, you grew up in La Puente. You grew up at Pudding Stone grinding. Wait, wait. How'd you say that again? <laughs> La Puente, homie. Okay. Yeah. I'm just making hey, sure hey, you pico. gotta say hey. it right, bro. Well, I grew <laughs> like, up. Hey, I grew up in Southside Woody, you fool. So let's get it. I, I, I'm trying to be proper for the sponsors, right? right Oliver, get it right. right. Yeah, but you still got to be true to yourself. <laughs> yeah. We talked about that too, we did, right? We did. Because at the end of the day, I still have to be me. Yes. Because there's no way I can keep up that pace of not being myself. No. And that's a, that we have so much to talk about. I got notes because I'm like, I really want to pick your brain, both of you guys, on yeah. certain things. Like sure. you, tournament angling and, and uh, throwing big baits. Mm-hmm. Like I. I feel like you have your own like style of catching mm-hmm. and Oliver with just making a YouTube channel. So, I mean, we'll keep going on the story, but so you grew up in La Puente homies and then, uh, you know, you, you hit pudding stone a lot. That, yeah, was, that your, was the closest body of water. So, and uh, we had, so if you go back, gosh, 60 episodes at Eric Johnson on, and he okay. talks about meeting you. Absolutely. And Eric is probably one of the most, uh, mathematical fisherman i've ever met he's a math teacher (laughs) the way he broke down stuff before he had a whole gps like oh dude i watched it firsthand for years amazing yeah he's absolutely right i mean just dude he's like he changed the rules in saltwater tournaments because he was so good absolutely like dig the guy so you grew up over there that's a hard lake i think it's a hard lake maybe you guys have it figured out but oh. to me it's a hard dude it is the most humbling yeah. lake in yeah. california did you start cutting your teeth there what's 14 15 no 10 10 right off the bat wow. right off the get-go man and a lot of suck really yeah, oh, yeah. a lot of a, a lot of time. harsh learning curve and not catching them and just brutal man yeah, yeah. when did uh, the trigger get pulled and you're like I got it. I got a little bit of going. I kind of figured some stuff out. I started moving lakes. Well, here's the thing, right? Like, that's why I I went bluegill fishing today. 
with Stefan. Gotta go back to the roots. Riley, you gotta go back to the roots. And and with all the new growth in fishing, which is epic, which I'm all about, and, and trying to push our culture in the direction it needs to grow. And that's, it, it just needs to grow for us to all want, continue to do what we love doing, right? But like so many people that come into fishing, just skip. they want to skip all yeah. the fundamentals. And in what sport can you truly be really good without actually understanding and mastering fundamentals? Fishing is, is right there with them. Yeah. So you feel like those fundamentals, when you're building the fundamentals, yep. you're Pan kind of fishing, building a good trout fishing, a good uh, fishing, base, good carp base. fishing. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It makes and you it, a better angler all the way around, you know. You're doing the same thing, Carnot, at the oh, same time? When, when I when I started, like, I didn't start bass fishing till I was probably 17 or 18. Wow. Like, I was already older. I had already been, like you said, pan fishing, catching catfish. You know, and yeah, then they, like the they, bass thing. They actually gave us a reality show a few years ago and we yeah. went back to his home state of Oklahoma when he moved away from Cali and we fished these little BS cricks. <laughs> what was the name of the show? It was Breaking Bass. Breaking Bass. That was one of the questions for later. Just letting you know. <laughs> cool, cool. But yeah, yeah when we were, we were catching little largemouth and yeah. panfish out of these little creeks. This and the was, funny thing was when I was first fishing those creeks, bass weren't even in it. Hmm. I remember the day that I first caught a bass. It was like a lightning bolt, dude. It it came across the water so fast, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" You know what I mean? And I remember I kept it. I tried to put it in the bucket, <laughs> shooting out. I'm like, hey, I love that. You said I kept it, dude. I took it back home, and my dad was like, "You caught a bass. Where are these at?" And, and that's when I first. Next thing you know, the whole fishery is gone. Oh, <laughs> Dad's yeah. like, we're eating, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. See, we need to talk about that, too, because there's definitely an over-hypersensitivity to harvesting game fish of all kinds. I got that down as a question, Man, bro. people need so to start I want, keeping I, little bass and, in and certain fisheries. And I feel like you traveled the uh, across America, so you got to see different types of people with different types of points of view where they go, well, yeah, we keep fish here, bro. That's just oh, yeah. what it is. But Absolutely. I still want to make the timeline. That's what I'm trying to do because I feel like your timeline kind of made a big change in Southern California with the fish you caught. So you're building up your career. You you did the whole panfish thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then what did you figure out? Oh, I love this big bait thing. I'm going to go hard with it. Yeah, and that was already a couple of years into bass fishing. Right? Okay. Learning things like how to Texas rig a plastic, yeah. split shotting, Carolina rigging back then. Nobody was drop shotting yet. There was no such thing as a Senko. There was no such thing as a brush hog. Nope. Like, none of this existed. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're talking about the very basic fundamentals of 90s era bass fishing. And then you see these big swim baits, and the Optimum swim bait came out. And that was also an early, like, kind of readily available big lure, big bait Was this a thumper tail? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a, that was the... It was a little, uh, somewhat of the, the same. It been changed yeah, a little bit. Too. Yeah, but it was pretty much the same. I feel day. like I know what I'm talking about just because I talked to so many guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, but, for sure. you know, like it's great hearing the history, you know, like right. this is amazing. But keep going on. Yeah, and it just it just continued to evolve, man. And me and this guy have been around for a lot, for much of it. And, you know, some of He's the- actually started doing it way before i did i honestly like I was using he's my the one that gear. brought me actually into doing it because like i was still like on the conventional thing and i had got out of fishing for a long time and 
and he did too. Like we hadn't seen each other like in in ten year spans. You know. So what when I mean? did you guys weird. come back together and kind of hook up? That was early 2011, 12. Yeah, it was like, okay. Like yeah. That was in the middle of like my. Dream I think it was season. like yeah. actually maybe even like 2010 when it first happened. Somewhere around 10. Somebody or, I knew was we like, hey man, I saw Carnell at the gym. Yeah. Like oh, my boy shit. Alex. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. And you were sh-. fishing already. Yeah, I had started back. Okay. Because I took a long time off just doing music touring a lot so and like i said i ran into him actually at an in and out one time it was so crazy it was actually off the um two it was off the off 210, the 210. And okay, yeah right there yeah <laughs> so yeah that's i mean but see you're skipping alone. so much yeah, in the fishing this, arc already yeah our story it's hard because i wanted uh, you guys I'm telling you I, like hey, you go you keep going all for sure <laughs> you just, fucking do you bro go it's for just it tough, man, so get back to get back to 15 time. okay it's let's a long time, let's start dude. the big bait i'm not gonna say one more fucking word i don't want to do any tangents so i'm gonna let oliver take the fucking platform yeah, for sure you tell me about uh, your whole big bait experience yeah we were starting sure. catching big fish all the way up to uh catching the one the one man <laughs> right it's the one is it not uh, i mean the that's one. the one dude. So i still remember so where i was when he this yeah. yeah he was one of the ones that got the text yep. there you go i've heard so many stories i mean i want to hear other gilbert the got guy. the text <laughs> you know a couple guys got the text yeah Crazy, but anyways man. uh yeah mid to early 90s dabbling with it you know this is early in the day so like there was no dedicated swim bait gear i'm fishing like a inshore saltwater setup that we what were you calicos. fishing at the time calico stuff like a turner's outdoorsman calico special okay. they were all-star blanks they're actually really good rods okay uh, and then like a 400 size round reel calcutta abu garcia something along those lines pen international 965 <laughs> that's crazy dude. like this is going back man <laughs> and uh saw some success on like four five pound fish on that nine inch hard head uh, some of the boys are catching them on the off the bomb. I never caught them on that bait. Uh, and then the Osprey came out and I started catching fish on that seven and a half inch Osprey Talon and then kind of stepped away from fishing. Like Carnell said, got out of high school, just got into other things and then came back to it, uh, 2004, 2005, joined up with the bass club and, uh, which bass club were you part of at that time? Uh, it was actually the California Bass Contenders. Okay. Contenders. Yeah. Out of uh, what city would they be technically? I guess San Dimas. Yeah, that's where. So all the shout out to were. all the OGs and the <laughs> Bass Contenders. But uh, started fishing the t- the club level stuff heavy, mm-hmm. and still dabbled with the swim bait stuff here and there. And I'd catch a, a swim bait fish in in a tournament first at that level and gain confidence. Right, it's all about gaining experience and confidence mm-hmm. and then taking that next step when you feel like you're ready and only you can tell when that is. And really the fish are the ones that can tell <laughs> or that are telling the story, right? Because yeah. at the end of the day, if you're not catching them, maybe you shouldn't try to jump yeah. you know, steps. Yeah. And it went from there and started doing team stuff. And then really I got hyper-focused on trying to catch the one. So from 2005 or six until 2000, I don't know, 10, 11, it was nothing but the big bait. Damn. Year round. So if someone made a big bait, I had it. Every big bait. Every big bait. I mean, almost every yeah. big bait. Back then, the, the options are way more limited. 
but it was also you know as anybody sees today like it's still a small world yeah right dude we're in southern california not that many people fish you don't think they do until you start talking to dudes like but enough like you're not that far separated from somebody else no no. there's no seven degrees of separation it's more like one (laughs) yes okay (laughs) it's one degree of separation i agree so anyways um where was i so you're you're grabbing every bait you can. Yeah, yeah, and just spending time, man, and failing with every single one of them in every scenario that I could try it in and learning the hard way. And and there was none of this stuff available. No. Did you have a uh, mentor? Um, not in the sense of someone that would show me techniques. How about someone that you could go to? And but talk just like to? more like fatherly, like elders. Yes. Yeah, I had some of those guys. Could you name a couple of those dudes and give yeah, them a lot of them were the OGs at Pudding Stone, man. Really? Like the the old retired dudes. Oh, at, really? Oh, yeah. Like so, it's not man. like anyone. It's just like dude, you'd meet nah, at Pudding like Stone. I, okay. Dude, I'm from La Puente. I don't yeah, know yeah. anybody. At the time, <laughs> too, it, you know, it wasn't like. There, you'd see people in Western Order News, right? So like, that's oh about man, it. Doc Holiday, he lives in Walnut. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's three cities over. <laughs> I know. It's like, holy crap! And look at him, he catches monssters out of Casitas, yeah. and he'd come into Turner's and wipe out the the crawdad tank and buy all the swim baits yeah, and buy yeah. new swim bait rods and reels, and like he was probably one of the first ones that I knew firsthand that was actually doing it, man. And like, uh, if you go back on the Big Bass Dreams YouTube channel, like I did a lot of in-depth stuff. No, yeah, I've seen it, dude. It's for me as a as a just a fishing geek. Like I geeked out of watching Doc go back memory down memory lane and reliving all of these vivid memories. It's so funny that you say that. So I started fishing when I was thirty. I'm forty. My geek out. You guys are <laughs> gonna be like, really, Matt Magnon. Mm-hmm. Because when okay. I started, it was Fishing Network. Yeah. So oh, if you yeah. look at Fishing Network, I was a surf fisherman. That's what I did. So, but when I got into DVL, you look at DVL's thing and you see Matt. Yeah. Hey, we're catching this, this, this. Yeah. So when I met Matt, I'm like, oh fuck, I got so many questions, bro. You know, like that's cool. Because man. I'm so much, I was older when I got into it. Yeah. So my geek out was a little different, but it's cool to hear your geek out. And then some dudes are older and they go, oh, my geek out's this. Instead, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got somebody that influenced them, yeah. right? So I think that's why it's important, especially if you're a content creator now and people are looking at you, you need to be a positive influence. Yes, for instead sure. Instead of adding salt to the game. I agree 100%. Hey, bro, I don't have enough time to digest all the good stuff. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, there's so much good potential, like, awesome stuff through fishing out there. Like, Please contribute to it in a positive fashion. So let's do a tangent. Um, the only reason I'm going to do this two times, Oliver, you bring up the negative. Let's just talk about it and get it out, bro. So, what is your point of view on like? I get it. Everyone gets it. I'm just going to talk you, on it and real make, loose. And okay. you make you make it you make it before I get to it. I get shit. Okay, I've gotten <clears throat> shit on my podcast. I look at the reviews. People go. You fucking piece of shit. You don't know how to fucking interview. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, whatever. I don't reply to them. On YouTube, I'm barely starting them. I get some shitty ones. Uh, since we're talking about this right now, this is the only reason I want to bring it up because I yeah. feel like you just might as well get it out of the way. You've talked about it twice. It's kind of like, okay, what's your point of view? And you have a different point of view because you respond to some of these guys. I won't. But you will. Absolutely, man. Like It goes back to where we grew up and how we grew up. 
Or you're not going to run your mouth about me, especially when it's unfounded and, and like way off base. Like, I'm going to check you. Yeah. And but I'm it, not going to do you feel like a, these dudes know that already? Like, you you don't mm, need to tell them that, dude? Man, you'd think so, but <laughs> I, I guess we didn't all grow up the same. No, no. not at all. Right? So uh, I don't go out there disrespecting anybody. No. So when someone comes at me with that energy, they're going to get a different type of energy than most people that yeah. reach out to me. Do I get messages all day, every day, across all platforms from everywhere, here at home, across the country, worldwide, and they're almost like 99.9%, no BS, all positive, like overwhelmingly yeah, positive. of course. Yeah. And most importantly, and here's here's the, the dope part about all this, like I'm not hard to find out there or here. I'm easy to spot. Not one person has ever come at me with like a twisted like vibe. Yeah. So then you know, then, then you know it's keyboard warriors the that's whole time. Yeah. You can't even you can't even like like sweat them. So, but there is there needs to be a reminder like, hey man, like you need to have like com- like just common decency and respect for someone else. So you kind of do that as like a, a shot back at him going, dude. Yeah, and it's don't not like, do it. And it's not like know? I'm challenging him to no, a fight or no, anything no, no. or threatening him. But you know, I. I might enjoy the the trash talking from my basketball background a little bit, but at the same time, I learn like I gotta be able to support what I'm saying, or I'm gonna get like punched in the jaw. Yeah, of course, that's how it works. Does that nobody get punched in the jaw anymore? Apparently, no, they like, don't. Yeah. So, they don't. I mean, I've I've had I've had times at lakes with dudes when I've been when I started this podcast, like where I've ran into dudes. Yeah, I've had beefs where we've squashed it out and we're good now. But you talk to the guy. Like, I talk to you. I talk to the other guy. We're cool. We smashed, squashed it. But I feel like people don't talk to each other maybe nowadays as much. So you get a different story. Well, it goes back to a couple of different points that we started off on, right? And it's easy to to paint someone in whatever image, whether it's a good light or a bad light, especially when you're set up to have, like, a predisposed notion, like, Hey, Nick, you watch Oliver's podcast with Parker? He's talking crap about you and your podcast. <laughs> Look at He bring it out. Thank you. So but like, stupid, but you came to me like a man, yeah. and we yes. had a civil conversation. No ro- uh, voices were raised. Yeah. Right? And, and we dope. talked it that's out. You dope. asked me like, where that, that is, came did from. Did you feel like that's kind of being like a grown-ass man? Like, that's no, so, that's kind so, of like the way we grew up. I don't, and, I, and, I, and when Matt's like, oh, Oliver's here, I'm like, oh, cool. He's like... Oh, I'm like, truthfully, I'm like, I don't care for fucking Oliver at the time before I talked to you, but I'm not make it awkward, dude. I'm, that's not me. Like, you know, these dudes bring me here to do something cool. You you don't, you don't fuck on shit on someone's parade because someone else brings you somewhere else. There's gotta be some decency. So here's what I learned, right? You You can only make a judgment on somebody through your own personal experiences. I don't care if it's your best friend that's told you this, that, and a third. Like, unless you've actually seen it firsthand or, like, felt that vibe yeah. or, like, seen something that justifies your perspective on someone, whether they're good or bad, like, let that determine how you feel. Yeah. And even sure. then, don't go around, like, yapping yeah. your mouth. Like, how, do you, how do you do that with, like, other YouTube creators? How about that? Like, because I feel like YouTube creators shit on each other a lot. Well, I do. Like, do, do you not? Like, there's so well, many. Number one, I'm not a YouTube creator. We create stuff on YouTube. There's a difference. <laughs> Ooh, man. You just pull right. his dick out, huh? <laughs> right. Well, do you know what I'm saying? How about this? People that make um, content. Uh, media content for content. YouTube to put it on there. So, 
I got so many questions. We could go on a tangent right now. I got well, a second question for you. This goes back to something that's very fundamentally important to me is yes. like the respect of the ones that I seek respect from is worth more than all the attention in the world. Yes. All right. So people that I've looked up to, a Doc Holiday, people that I've worked with, a Mike Gilbert, mm-hmm. um, you know, people that I fish with, a Carnell Lee. Like their perception of me far outweighs thousands of no nobodies to me. I don't know these people. I'm not going to let their their energy affect me unless it's a positive energy. And that, and thankfully, like look at what we do, man. Like it's yeah. crazy positive. It's it's like this crazy tsunami that just keeps building every year. What you're doing, yeah, it's amazing. Both of you guys. I mean, you have your your show you did. Hopefully, it comes back. Yeah. Everyone, nah, we'll do a better one. <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> Real talk. You know, no, because yeah. that was one of the questions. So if someone asks, "Are you guys going to do Breaking Bass again?" No, because you know, it's from the outside much, looking um, in, you just don't understand what yeah. goes into entertainment a production like yeah. that. It's wild, man. Contracts and the legalities yeah. of so it. So, did you have like, a production company actually do that? Oh, oh dude. it's full on Hollywood production. Full on, dude. And this is like a, a three year process. Son of a bitch to get that done. Right? Did you know yeah. how much money went into that? Like it was. So crazy. I filmed. We filmed a uh, a two day. Um, Calico, like a, we were going to do a show. Someone hit me up. Uh. We were going to do it. I have the footage. I kept it, what they gave me. It was to do kind of like um, a little bit about each fishery. The first one was about Calico. So I had Eric Ben on, Bobby Martinez, Evan Salve. I'm not sorry, Evan Salve, uh, Jeff Leeson. All the guys flipped a boat or put a boat on top of the jetty or something. <laughs> so it was about that. Uh. But the production that went into it was like, dude, horrible. We did that performance. I had to do a take, like, I'm going to say for two hours. Because I kept fucking it up. <laughs> fucking not it easy, up. is it? I'm sweating yeah. my ass off. There's more lights than this. I'm like, oh, shit. But no, I get what you're saying. It's, it's so tough, much man. work. But, you know, know, it's just like fishing, bro. Like, the more you do something. The more natural it becomes. The more experience you, know? you yeah. build, the better you should get at it. If you're trying to get better, that's the key. Yeah. How much time do you think it takes for you to get that good or get better? A lifetime. Yeah. That's not the answer thousand, anybody wants to was hear. Was it a thousand movements? What is it called? If you do something a thousand or ten thousand times? That's when you're supposed to be like if you read that book. Yeah. There's a book saying if you do something ten thousand like times, that, yeah. like that's when you got it down. But I mean Maybe. <laughs> not for me. But Maybe. even <laughs> even then it all depends on how strenuous like what you're trying to do is, you know. I mean, let's be real, as far as fishing is concerned, you need that it factor, yeah. number one. And not everybody's got that it factor. So when you say the right? it factor, do you mean like just kinda have the feel? Like that person yeah. catches fish. Okay. whether it's at a raw dude. level or whatever but then on top of that it's just like having raw talent in any sport right that talent can only take you so far without the work ethic behind it so do you think that someone could put the work ethic in to mm. not have that factor not all not, no. not in all cases not like if you don't have that factor it doesn't matter how many hours you spend in yeah, the gym, bro. You ain't dunking. Okay. The, yeah, you, you ain't dunking the basketball. Yeah, that's what I'm you ain't you ain't guarding, you know, somebody in the yeah, post yeah, that's yeah. six foot eight. Like that's just you no. need that it factor. But do you think the it factor needs to be like someone that's fishing the, the tour or something like no, that? No, no. Uh the thing Not about the tour, I feel like the tour level stuff gets disrespected these days. And they are not appreciated for the context of what they're doing, right? They're validating everything that's coming out of their mouth 
um, most of the time, truthfully, um, without, you know, sponsorship, uh, like yeah. messiness. That's and a hard that. one, dude. It's I mean, tough. it is. It's we, tough. We, we... But in the end of the day, the context of fishing with everything on the line for most of those guys, you know, with like, that's everything, man. Like, and I feel like sometimes these other creators that have built these massive audiences and have garnered all this attention yeah. have mistaken that for the respect that guys that have put in real work under different contexts should be getting oh, yeah, in different circumstances man you gotta think about everything that they're going through man just like the traveling the money i mean the families that they have a lot of guys they they houses everything they put all of that just Dude, on the back wild, burn. man. I got so much respect for anybody oh. that oh, and I agree. just the small ones, just the small Even here ones, like, the ABA yeah. shit, like just the ABA, yeah, yeah, or, I mean. or say going to meet or going to have a suit, just for that, just that full seven days or however long you're there. See, I think this is where we kind of like effed up though, as uh, like a scene in a, in a group in fishing. Competitive bass fishermen don't want to show what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. None of us have that ever. Bro, we, you know how much hard work, money, time, sweat, like, like that bro. we've all invested to learn what we've learned and to just give it up. Yeah, it goes against no. everything that we were like, grown up on. Yeah, for so sure. So now, man. like, there's this whole generation of kids that didn't care. <laughs> they just put out whatever. There's obviously an appetite for it. Dude, they got huge, got and it's big, like, man. what are they talking about? Like, what? Why is anybody listening to this? <laughs> oh, it's because they were willing to talk about anything at that point. So, this is a second question. Since we're on the YouTube thing, I've asked this to C's. I've asked this to a lot of people. What do you consider a professional angler? If you make money and yeah. you make a living off of it, not, not a okay. side hustle. Hold on now. What if I'm a shit angler, but I make great money off of YouTube. Do you consider me a professional angler? I mean, if it's derived from fishing. Yes. Yeah, but let's let's see what you got. But that's what I'm saying. That's my problem. So, so what yeah, you're saying to me, like, is where I'm at. I'm like, I had this argument where I'm like, let's okay. Let's validate your concepts that you spouted all this time. And let's see you either catch big trophy fish on public mm-hmm. water or go compete at some level, some level. Club level. So this is where level, my, my some, argument something. was 100% because I said to me, a professional is like, for instance, I've had this argument with Calico Bass guys because I, that I <laughs> that's what I am. I said, you guys are the top echelon. I've been to Mike Lane, Matt Moyer, whoever it is. I go, you guys are the top of the top. And they're like, we're not pros. For Calico, you are because there's no one else beating you. Like, well, you know maybe, what I'm saying? Like, But you got to understand the context of that term though, right? According to those stipulations, they're not professional See, fishermen. That's what yeah. that doesn't mean they're not highly skilled fishermen and incredible at what they do. Like you can't be a professional calico fisherman. The scene's not big enough. Yeah, yes. it's just not. It's impossible. Okay, but that doesn't mean they're not the best at what they do. Like you just described. So when I think of pro, I guess in my head I think of the best of the best. I don't think of like you making money. I think of like you're the best basketball player. You're the best baseball player. You play in the NBA. You play, you know, professional baseball, soccer, whatever it is. You're the best. You're the top echelon of the line. So to me, you're the best of that. So you're using the term professional like synonymously with the best. Exactly. So that I I think that's where I make get the argument because you could say a guide's a a professional. Like Ben, Benny's a pro. Yeah, for sure. Benny Florentino, he's a pro. Like, and I I agree with that 100. He does tournaments and he's a professional. 
But I mean, it's just a hard one, I guess, because when I think of pro, I think of like the top of the tier, you know? But sometimes it is. Yeah. When you, when you think of fishing anyways, when you say a pro fisherman right away, you're going to think of like the elite series or something like that. I mean, you don't even like, you look at the, even FLW and you're just kind of like, okay. Yeah. But truth be told, you know, that's most, most people, you know, they're pros. They, they make, are, truth be told, they, they are, are making them a shitload they, of money. They make a lot of money. And they're professionals because they make that money. Like, truth be told, like, anyone, any of these guys, Fluke Master, uh, you know, Informative Fisherman, all these guys make the money. They make a lot of money off of YouTube, you know, so they're, yeah. they're pros. That's that's my no shitting on them at yeah. all. But what my comparison is, like, there's plenty of dudes that are a lot better than them that are pros. Yeah. Like, but that see, that's a different series. type of pros you know what i mean like like i said when you think of like a bass fishing pro you think of somebody that's on the tour yes like hands down you know what i mean first at mind when you think of that but i think i think the industry has grown so much now that it's like because you got to think 10 years ago a pro bass fisherman was somebody on the tour at like, least somebody that made yeah. their money through bass yes. fishing. Yeah. 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 Somebody you had, that was you had actually to do it like competitive labeled means. as a pro bass fisherman. Right. You know what I mean? And then with swim baits, I feel like it's a totally different story because it's like its own genre of uh, fishing. Man, it's its yeah. own. But see, now, sure. now in this day <laughs> and time, dude, like, you got to think, dude, there's so many people that's holding it down in the industry that's making it grow I, I think there's more of like i think now like he was saying like the tournament guys are more kind of being put on the back you they're know what being i mean a little dis, disregarded yeah because of like, instagram exactly. because of there's YouTube, just so like, much and the thing is a lot of those guys have put a lifetime into becoming the best bass fishermen yeah, they've can. They can man. so a lot of these dudes are like our age or older and dude they don't get this whole technology social media push so they're getting they left don't even in the care dust. to do it, so that you know? i listened to uh is it luke duncan's podcast uh he's a pro uh, flw guy i think or something but they talked to him and they're like if you had a million dollars as a as a tackle company to invest, what would you do with it? He goes, I'd put a quarter of it into the pro guys, and then i put the rest into influence. <laughs> and it's like it shows you, like, dude, that's how much yep. people think about the professionals, like, where I'm like, I could tell you the same on this podcast. Like, right. I put a perfect, like, Tom White did great. Certain guys did great. But if I put, like, a Mike Gilbert or, like, a Manny or something like that, Numbers go up. Butch yeah. Brown, I, they go through the roof, dude. Yeah, for you sure. You know, because it's just like that's influencers. Yeah, it's like, that's what it is. That's you know, it's so crazy nowadays. The hype is, you know, that's what everybody's like paying attention to. Yeah, 100%. So here's a question for you that, that since we're going back to your whole swim bit thing, do you think that being a conventional fisherman uh, helped work on your um, – it's the only technique. reason I keep catching them everywhere I go. Don't because get I, that I, twisted, yes. people. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I can score in the paint. I can make free throws, <laughs> mid-range, leaner, bank shots, deep pull-ups. I can do all of that. So that's what I'm trying like, to get at. But do you think that built your form as a, a swim bait fisherman? Absolutely, because I saw parallels that I could apply in a bigger, yes, um, you know, in a bigger form. And I had enough muscle memory built in from the fundamentals and, and high engagement rates of catching fish all these traditional ways. And I'm like, oh, dude, I could throw a big bait the exact same way as I'm throwing this big jerk bait. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, look at that. It worked. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm ready and I know what to anticipate. And I, I know how to hopefully react uh, in, in the you know, very small case that I actually get a fish to commit to eating a big bait. My odds of actually hooking and landing that fish go up yeah. because of all of my traditional experience. That's what the only reason I ask that. I feel like, could it be missed nowadays? Man, I see so <laughs> many dudes. Do you think that's a luck deal? Like, so when people are throwing the big baits, you're just kind of getting lucky on, you know? <laughs> I mean, there's there's always an element of chance involved. Yes. Right? And if you do something enough. Enough. Like that's really what it comes down to. You're, you're eventually, you know, you're like, going to It's going to happen. It's going to happen for you. I mean, here's a question for you, Carnell. What do you do when, because I've seen your tournament wins lately, especially night. My man has been on fire. Dude. So how do you incorporate the uh, big bait when you're tournament fishing? Because, like, you got to think, like, am I getting bit? Do I need to throw this right now? Like, what, what is, what's going on through your mind? Well, it really comes down to, like, you say, uh, time of year or, like, for instance, the night tournaments, man. I mean, summertime, it's night. Bro, like when we were younger, we used to throw big worms, big 10, 12 inch worms, you know what I mean? So like he said, it's just like it's it's kind of the same concept. Like I'm I'm thinking of like when I was fishing back in the day at nighttime, pretty much. And I'm like, OK, well, back then, before I was throwing swim baits, I was chucking a big worm, catching larger size fish. So for me, I'm always trying to get a bigger bite because mm-hmm. a lot of the tournaments a lot of guys will play it safe and you plan to save you're not gonna win bro like you you know you get up there you you know you get close you get a third or you get a fourth or fifth or something like that it's like most of the time i'm like dude i want to win bro like i'm going to get that w and here's you the thing about I mean? if you really want to win you got to be okay with losing you got to be okay with losing like sometimes hey, go that bigger bite, go home bro yeah, sometimes that bite's <laughs> not gonna pan out you know yeah it's just not. But if you learn it enough and you know how these fish are positioned and you know what they're doing, bro, you could duplicate that just over and over and over. And it all comes down to time of period, like I said. You know, it's just that it's that perfect time of period. You know, so you're using that like a tool. Yeah, I incorporate it. It's, it. It has to do with seasons, too. You know what I mean? When that bite's on, it's on, bro. Yeah, yeah. No, just because I feel like a, it's cool to hear from a tournament guy talk about swim bait fishing. Yeah. Because you get a lot of guys that just swim bait fish. But having a tournament guy talk about it, using it as a tool, like you and Kelly, and there's been a couple guys like where I'm like, wow, you know, like that's pretty interesting to go. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't consider it like if I'm going to drop shot or throw a swim bait or whatever it might be, you think the same all over? Uh, I think the the tendency for us to keep labeling everybody is limiting and, and what's the term I'm looking for here it's like a, labeling you as a swim bait fisherman yeah, or, or even him as a tournament angler yeah, like, it's, just a, it's limiting so what and, would you consider someone just a fisherman period that's what I consider myself mm-hmm. okay I mean but uh, you some, do something someone, different because you fish everything all the time musky everything and I'm trying to continue to validate, like, hey, man, like, I can duplicate success everywhere I go because of all that experience and the fundamentals. Different species of fish, like, I and mean, Baramundi, he was 
doing yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, like I, it's most of the stuff I learned here at home in Southern California, chasing the biggest bass I could find. But like even just labeling Carnell as a tournament angler right now, I feel is. Uh, I, can, I, I guess I say that because I see it. You no, no, I hear you. But no, like, we yeah, all kind of have a tendency to do yeah, that, right? Yeah, he's exactly. a this guy, he's a that guy. But like, mm, he can do that. Yeah. Right? Maybe he can, he's more than that. And I, I, there's a weird sense in, in all the different fishing cultures that I've been able to experience and continue to penetrate and, and learn about. There's this weird idea that if you don't do this only, <laughs> you're not as good as a guy that does. I agree. When I would yeah. argue, like, up and down that you are absolutely wrong. So, like, I've made this comparison the last, like, two or three podcasts. My uncle, Bass Ackwards, 30 years. Drop shot guy. That's what these old fucking guys do, right? <laughs> He kills it. He catches yeah. five. What did, what did and he six. do before two thousand and one? I don't fucking know. Crankbaits, <laughs> or, split you know, shot. Yeah, whatever it might be. But what you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like these dudes love drop shot, and yeah. now that's how I learned how to fish on a drop yeah. shot. So when I get it gets hard for me, I'm at DVL. I throw a fucking drop shot. Yeah. The thing Margarita about a drop shot, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's a, like you know, it's like. I don't know. You, it's a, like almost so, a for sure. Hey, but now you're shitting on type it. Thing, you know? You're doing what Oliver was talking about right now, right? <laughs> so hey, you, you are because, I, like, you know, what I'm saying. You're, hey, you're, but the funny thing is, is there's times where I have to do it. You know, I try not to. You know, but so, I could tell you sometimes I've caught some big fish on yes, drop shot. You know, yeah, yeah, you have. That's why you sure. have to. You know, you you just have to know. That's what it is. You have to know when and when not. That's that's how I see it. Yeah, you just gotta have an open mind. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. And honestly, it's have a mind well of your own. Yeah, you gotta be. And it's all like like that no factor. Dude. There's times where some of those big fish you see have been on the drop shot. <laughs> so, like, you hey, you're, you're, you don't feel like you need to say that, but guess what? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's what I'm pretty much I'm feeding into what you're saying, Oliver, is that you get, you get shit for catching fish on the drop shot, but it's no worse than doing anything else like a jerk bait. It's another yeah, tool. It's another tool, And you bro. could go somewhere else on an, in another country. And, do and, and remember, I'm, I spent years trying to force feed them a big bait. Yeah. Years. So I learned when I probably shouldn't be throwing it, more importantly, mm-hmm. when as well as when I probably should be. So in those times when I shouldn't be throwing it, like I've learned, like, man, I can have a lot of fun, catch a bunch of fish, and still have a shot at a really good fish because of the situation and the yeah. circumstances of yeah. the time. It's all about the know, man. Like, you just got to know when. And when I see dudes trying to, like, beat their chest because they catch their fish a certain way and, like, Only. that's superior to somebody else's. Like, yeah. Man, that's ridiculous. Like, But why even pay attention to it at the same time? Because it's shit, right? It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It, I, I think there's uh But I'm sure you get tagged. I mean, you got a huge Instagram, so it's like... You probably get tagged in all kinds of shit. You're like, oh, but it's almost fuck? all positive. Man. Yeah, and then even if some, you know, like whatever it might be, you you got a you're a busy guy between your personal and the actual big bass dream. You know, there's a lot going on. There's <laughs> a lot going on. It's a little stressed out, Oliver. Uh, it's good no. stress. <laughs> um, so when we talked, you were talking about entering the Bassmaster Open this Ooh. year. Is that still happening? Maybe, possibly. <laughs> Not that I need to value I think that's cool. I think that's that's really cool for you to go, hey, I could do it. Man, it's fishing, right? Right. 
same thing. You're gonna use all the same techniques and just do what you. Yeah, I'm gonna use a fishing rod, line and a hook. It's been in play for a while. I mean, he's been. So here's here's the thing, man. Like people might not understand that I grew up tournament fishing, whether it was a club level, team level, whatever, for most of my adult life. So I just decided to step away from it because of the drama that came with anything involving money Mm. and people's egos and this, that, and a third. And I was like, man, this is kind of like putting me in a position mentally where I don't like it. Like, I'm just going to go chase big fish. Like, that's what I'm getting my high off of right now. So So you have to deal with anyone. You don't see anyone. Exactly. Exactly. I can go do my own thing. Like, I'm not worried about like being on the water when I don't need to be on the water. Like I'm not forced to fish a schedule. Mm -hmm. Like it's literally on my own terms. And it's really kind of led me into my lifestyle now. And it, and even now, if I do decide to fish the opens, it's because it'll be on my own terms. But what would make you want to uh, do that, though? So like, I've leveraged. I've been leveraging my way into a position, growing up in La Puente with nothing, right? To be able to go in there swinging and fish without fear of failure. Okay, so, so like, like you I don't, don't need, have to I don't worry need to about... make the cut to make a yeah. check to pay for the next tournament. Exactly. Like I don't need that stress. So you're doing it as almost a fun thing. Almost. Oh, it's going to be super fun if I yeah. do it. Okay. And that, that's the reminder I want to give people way. like, yo, man, like this is fishing. This is supposed to be fun. And even at the highest level, like if that isn't the why, maybe you should take a step back and, and kind of reconsider why you're fishing. I agree 100%. Even at the highest level. Do you like, do it all for fun too? When you've been into the ABA tournament, you're like, oh, definitely. It's fun as hell, winning it. Right. <laughs> Straight up, you know? it's you know, but yeah, like I say, even when it's tough, bro, like it just makes you stronger. Yeah, like I thrive off of it being tough and getting humbled. You know what I mean? It just it makes me just get mad and want to learn it, learn even more, and that's what it comes down to man it's there's so much to learn out there bro this you never you're you're never gonna be an angler that just dominates like forever nobody yeah. not even kevin van damme exactly you know what i mean look it's like it's like with any sport time. like there's a time where you're gonna eat shit and huh? it's gonna happen sooner and in later. fishing it's gonna be more than not <laughs> more than <laughs> yeah. not for even sure even if you're the best like, that's yeah. why if you're on something bro you you gotta ride you gotta run with it um exactly with uh music Let's talk about that a little bit because I feel like we have a little bit in common with that. Um, talk about your career, like how you came about, how you started riding, everything. Shoot, man, it goes back. Well, I wouldn't say further than fishing because I started fishing when I was six years old, mm-hmm. but um, I started riding when I was 12 years old, you know, just and junior. I mean, I've been in hip hop my whole life, even at six years old. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Here's, like, a, here's a fun <laughs> fact I didn't really listen to music growing up. And hanging out with this dude as a young teenager and him bumping that When Disaster Strikes from Busta Rhymes <laughs> all day, every day Straight while we were up. fishing, introduced me to hip-hop. So good, dude. Yep. All right. It's it's crazy, man. Like, I've been music my whole life. Grew up in my family with music. Nobody was really musicians, but my parents always play, you know, Motown yeah. and everything. So. And then for me, it's like, like I just started gravitating to music a lot because I I always danced as a young kid. I was always the young kid like dancing all around the house and then from there like started taking dancing serious and like actually being into groups and 
performing and just doing all kinds of stuff like i said when we before i was even writing i was dancing so it was like it was like me the black eyed peas it was um a group called the Soul Jerks, the Lords. I mean, there's so many groups. The Alcoholics. <laughs> the Alcoholics was more. They were, yeah. they were down this way more. Yeah, right? they were more. They were yeah. more of um, MCs too, though yeah. at the time. But everybody kind of like, even with the Far Side, you know what yeah. I mean. We all kind of were like, we're all dancers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Then we started writing and started making music. So that's where it kind of started for, with me. Is like 12 years old, started writing, and just you know, just kept going with it. Got into high school, took it even more serious, and started doing shows, started doing open mics, and straight out of high school, got my first record deal. And Who did you sign with? I signed, at the time, it was called um, Grand Royal, which was a yeah. BC Boys label, yeah. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. Remember DFL? Yeah, I do. That was a big uh, yeah. band I used to like, too, a lot. So that's who it signed That's a big with, label. Yeah. Yeah. Signed with Grand Royal first. Can you still get the, was it an EP, LP? It was, it was an album actually. It was okay. a full album with the group I was with. It was a collective of us, you know. Back then, like everybody, like Project Blowed, like mm-hmm. you know, everybody ran in like clicks and stuff. So, um, it was a big collective of us, and it was called the, the Mystics. We were nice. called the Mystics, and that was my very first record deal straight out of high school touring with you know it was kind of like on the same deal as like the hieroglyphics we actually yeah we tour with the hieroglyphics and stuff like that and you know that's really where it started man like back then when did that kind of like turn off a little so so after that so after the mix it the mystics uh we dropped the album and then um our record label had lost distribution at the time so like a lot of our like our second album and stuff like that was kind of like on hold. So a lot of the members within that clique kind of branched out and we started doing our own thing, which we were all individually members anyways, like artists. Yeah, it yeah, was like yeah. there was a few solo artists and then it was like two groups within the full group. And that was one of my groups which was called Non-Human Intelligence, NHI. Mm-hmm. So we we branched out and we were kind of still under the label but as a unit by ourselves we weren't signed you know what i mean so we were able to do our own music so we started doing our own music dude and then that really really took off for us you know and we kind of independently was doing our own music you know what i mean like under no label just recording, re- your recording own our stuff, own yeah. stuff putting our own stuff out and you know, and uh, we won this MTV competition on uh, MTVU, mm-hmm. and then that's how we got like our first two um, videos on MTV. And then at that time too, this probably by then we had already been doing a lot of shows for a few years though, and it really started getting like we really started blowing up towards the end, which was probably like around two thousand nine, two thousand ten, okay. and um. We had just signed a contract with Coachella to rock Coachella. We used Damn, to rock like dude. Rock the Bells. Like Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We I used that. to do Rock the Bells and um you know, so Coachella was like the last big show we were supposed to do and one of our members he had left to Japan for a while and you know, and at the same time like we had a lot of stuff going on with M T V and you know, uh, we had just did an interview with Vibe Magazine and just a bunch of stuff happening like that. It was just bubbling. You know what I mean? Everything was bubbling and happening. But at the same time, 
it was like we had been doing it for so long you know what i mean like and it's finally starting to happen but then we're getting older and we're starting to have families and it's just like was there any kind of burnout it 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 was never a burnout i think i think for me like like i I, was like you go it was a burnout like a motherfucker for me (laughs) no so the the only thing is like as you get i think it's more like the members you know what i'm saying like just Uh trying to all stay collectively with with members too you feel like you get burnt out on dudes like yeah and you say you love them you but do. you just, it's too much. Yeah, because some of them just kind of start being like on their own thing. You know what I mean? Like kind of want to do what they want to do. Yeah, yeah. And that's just kind of like how it happened. We usually were on the same accord though, but kind of towards the end, man, it just it just got tough. You know? No, I bet. It got man, really I, tough. I, so I, just like this person was like, man, like, like he would just, one of our members was just, wasn't really in the creative process. Me and me, me and my other cat was. So... Were you would, riding? He would just show everything? up. He would just show up to record. You know what I'm saying? He would all, but I respect. He would always come with his verses and stuff like that. Were they solid though? Like, oh, always. Then you're. <laughs> always. That's where it's like, yeah, I can't. That's what I'm that. saying. Like all my, all my, all my cats, we always had solid verses. But, but the creativity part is where it, it comes, dude. Creating the songs, producing the songs, coming up with the concepts. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That's the hard part. When you already have a concept and a chorus and you let somebody hear it, you can write a verse like nothing. You know what I'm saying? No, but I agree. It's just like creating the actual song is, is the tough part. So, And then being in the studio, like engineering it, making it sound like it's supposed to sound, spending hours and hours of, you know, sitting <laughs> behind the board, having headphones on, in front of monitors, just like, you know, that was me and my other boy. Like, so... He kind of left, and like when he got back, he was just like, "Bro, like, are we? Is this what we're gonna continue to do? Just like me and you continue to do this, and then the other one just come in whenever he wants and record verses, you know? And it's just like you too know, much. It's too much. You man. were fishing at that time at all? So on, I would say from like like straight out of high school. No, I wasn't. I wasn't fishing at all at that time. By that time, well, no, I take that back. So, straight out of high school, I was fishing, but it was a a very small time because then at at that time, like, I started leaving and I started touring and stuff like that. And then I think after the music, like, I think I came back, it was like around 2010, like, right when things musically were kind of like, you know, just still doing it but i just we weren't just like hitting it hard like we were and this is when i started hearing murmurs of him being back being one person removed again yeah (laughs) one degree of separation right yeah like oh i fish with this cat named carnell and i'm like what (laughs) i know him (laughs) straight up and that's that's the like that's how me and this dude link back you know it's crazy weird ass the same same thing with uh so I have dudes, I played in hardcore bands and, and punk bands when I was younger, and that's what toured. And uh, dudes in bigger, really big bands were into fishing. And we opened for them, and we, we played with them, and I knew them. And they're like, hey, you know he's a big kayak angler. Like, he's a tournament angler, kayak guy. I'm like, no way. Like, three of my friends, I'm like, oh, shit. And I've had them on the podcast. Yeah. You know, one they move back east, some of them. They, they make swim baits. They do, like... I'm like, damn, it's like a small world with music. Yeah, Because you'll find sure. a guy that likes to fish. I think it's one of the dopest things about fishing, right? How, yeah. how we can bring people from 
all, all parts of life yeah. together. All ages as well. Sure. It doesn't matter. Yes. You you sit next to someone at a bar and it could be the most different person <laughs> from you yep. no matter what. Yes. And if you hear him bring up anything fishing, it's like, yo, hold on, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's the dope thing though, because I remember me and him, we had did the, the Fred Hall show that year. And out of the blue, man, and I spot this cat is like was a really big influence for me coming up in music as well. I mean, we rock shows together. His name is AC Alone from, um, he's from um, Inner City Griots is, a, is the name of the Freestyle Fellowship. Oh, no way. So AC Alone. I remember Freestyle Fellowship, dude, yeah, so, yeah. So we're we're chilling, and I'm looking. I'm he like, walks him up to me. He's like, yo, do you know who this is? And I'm looking at this, you know, slightly like, like salt and pepper dude, and I'm just like, uh, no. Man, that's like, AC alone. Oh, I'm like, bro, oh, I know who that is. Freestyle <laughs> I'm, I'm a hip-hop, no, that's you know? freestyle fellowship. So is like, he was dude. at the Fred and, Hall show, yeah, like yeah. Just, buying gear, just being and like, a fishing yeah. geek. And I was like, you yo, know? man, I'd love to use some of your tracks. So I'm like the next thing, he's all, man, f all that nonsense. Let's go fishing. Yep. Like I'm like, all right, straight up. It's so. it's a small world. Like I was, I went to Marita Gaff's, and he's like, oh, this is it for uh, Kurt Sutter. I'm like Kurt Sutter. I'm like Sons of Anarchy. He's like, yeah, this is his gaff. I'm like fucking kidding me yeah he just got into fishing with this covid shit i'm like fuck that dude shit. six to eight million new anglers this year dude from covid i'm sure man i'm sure like you find a lot of people that i have friends that go hey let's go rock fish i'm like what the fuck you never want to fish before yeah let's try it i want to catch fish oh no, like, man right, whatever, well, you know? welcome all these new anglers with open arms people and i'm yeah, telling you why this seriously. is to fulfill your own selfish desires yep. to keep catching fish instead of bitching that there's more people fishing on your lakes now you have more support just in the national scene yes. to help support growth, what man. you love yes because yep, you bitch about these new people coming in and crowding like people everybody in the outdoors is complaining about all these new people hikers mountain yeah. bikers because now people are forced to go outside it's like oh this is i used to have this to myself well it's a really selfish point yeah, of view for sure that and is, really. ultimately self-defeating because if you don't have the numbers of participation you're not going to have the leverage to keep being able to do what you want to do look how hard it is well this is tough for people in the southern california bubble to understand like because we've been conditioned to just accept it and know no other way but like bro like I don't have to go through inspection lines across the country. <laughs> How right. is that? Man? I can fish until I'm over it, no matter what hey, time. Hey, night time doesn't matter. Okay. I know, don't but matter, dude. Without that support of more people fishing or doing whatever it is you like, you're not going to have the leverage yeah. to keep doing it. Yeah, and that's straight up because I see dudes here at home like bitching and whining. Like, bro, if you're so good, you keep catching them anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. Regardless, come on, hot shot. <laughs> yeah. Like seriously, like that's always a, a poor excuse. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And there should never be excuses, right? That's why we did that no excuses shirt. Yeah. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter how many people are fishing your lake. It doesn't matter this, that, and a third. It doesn't Boy, matter if they stop stocking trout. If there's still matter. big fish in there, there's you still a way to get it. I feel like people yeah. homer their per, the home lakes too much. Like, they just sit on their own. Oh, lake. yeah. And then there the comes a weird sense of entitlement. Like, you oh, think? this is my lake. And I get it because, like, We've all been there. We've put in the time and the blood, sweat, and tears, and we've been out there when there's nobody out there, right? So we feel like we've earned the right to fish a lake, a spot, an area, and then when somebody just shows up, and the worst part is when they catch one, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, like, man, this damn. bastard. What's your, like, your guys' home lake? What's your home lake? Man, dude, Southern California. How's that? <laughs> Pretty there much. All of them. What's that, man? About? I mean, like, if you think about where we first, first started, though, we, we would say, yep, it's yeah, it's the yeah, yeah. stone, but from there, it goes Paris, goes um, Castaic, Lower Lagoon, Castaic. So, yeah. yeah, I spent a ton of time with Pyramid, Silverwood, Pyrus, Silverwood. I mean, dude. We've been around this a long man, time, man. That's my man. shit right there. Mm-hmm. Thing. Yeah, it's Sorry, killing you. I can fucking hear. It. I oh, mean, we bad. won't. We won't be able to hear it on the air oh, when we okay. do the thing. But I'll hear it and I'll be like, "What the fuck?" Man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the, knowing. There's no home lake, like you were saying. Like you fish everything, bro. It it's all matter. public yeah. lakes. Yeah, they're public. You don't own anything on I that think lake. People more oh, do you feel like people still pull, pull it out sometimes, where they go? Sometimes, man. Yo, it's a you're on my deal. spot, or yo, you're on. And my... I've had dudes I become really good friends with try to pull stuff like that on me, like and like, yo, man, homo, I was fishing your lake before you were fishing, <laughs> homie. Like, <laughs> you got some good questions like this too. There's some really good uh, lake questions, or like pulling out fish at certain lakes, or yeah. so. Uh, but let's dive into your big fish really quick. Okay. Just so you can tell the whole story, like how it all came about in case. I'm sure people have heard it, but they probably want to hear it again. It's a, it's a huge fish, man. Well, it's documented. Yeah. Cast to catch to scale on YouTube. I got it on three different angles. That's crazy. This is the a year after I caught 17 fish, 10 pounds or bigger in a seven-week span. What I year got, was that? 2012. Wow. I got burnt out. I was bouncing like 11s and looking at them in disgust <laughs> Must they be nice. because they weren't 15s because I wanted something so <laughs> yeah, bad, yeah. right? Because I was putting in work. I was that guy. I was the one on the lake literally five, six, seven days a week from open to close. And I put in the work and I was living some wild stuff, all of which a lot of people saw through volume one or what's called the beginning on the YouTube series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's actually when Carnell and I kind of linked back like solid. And I was like, yo, wait till you see like some of the yeah. stuff I figured out. <laughs> right. Crazy, he was bro. on the boat with me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. For, for a real. lot of this, like every day, bro, I was just in this different zone that came from experience and being on the water and just being able to pivot and make small adjustments continuously. It was, it was mm-hmm. dialed, bro. Big time. And everybody that was fishing with me at the time was trying to chase what I was doing even that day or the day before, or I'm already on the next cast. Like, so it was just a so whole when you mindset did, people thing. knew you were chasing that fish, they were coming up behind you going, oh, I'm going to catch it too. 
not understanding that it's such a yes, complex thing because like even the homie my homies in the same boat yeah. were not catching them and because he was, you were doing dude, the math every day absolutely and at the time yeah. carnell is already an accomplished mm. traditional technique fisherman yes and he, he stuck with it man like but like really dive deep in with the big bait stuff and i'm like bang it took, bang it took, and he's yeah, just it like took me what a while the? dude it took it's it not took as a while. yeah and it's he saw firsthand yeah. it's not as easy as having the bait or being in the spot or on the lake dude it's so complex because there were other guys that were putting in time on that lake with me that year and most of those guys had phenomenal seasons too mm-hmm. but dude i was just on i was on one yeah he was on totally on different one, which makes sense. Like it happens. You, you you read about it. You look at it. Yeah. You know it's on Instagram now. You'll see these guys just go off. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, it's a real thing. Yeah. Momentum and but like confidence and, and just wanting to get. Better. I think confidence is a big thing too, right? But see, you got to earn your confidence. What you see a lot of times on social, especially like these new guys that see a little bit of success, they get a little overzealous, mm-hmm. right? And instead of earning more confidence and the respect that comes with that, they jump the gun and get a little arrogant and then worse they throw other people in the dirt to try to make, <laughs> to try to make themselves you know feel better there's no need for that like bro like no i get if it if you're good at something somebody else can be good at it too that's yeah, cool I, I, uh-huh, that's and a great that's great that's the whole comment. thing with just being humble man yeah, and that's yeah. why i think i'm telling you, you know, man i don't go at nobody with no negative energy no like, you can't I, i've yeah. met some incredible people a lot of incredible fishermen and the one thing I've learned is people that are at the top of their game, they don't have time for that negative mm-hmm. stuff. They, yeah. Dude, they just want to like talk to other people that are doing dope stuff too. Or just dudes that are happy. How about yeah. that? Like, yeah. You need a dude. Like, I, I feel like I met Carnell first. I was like, this dude's so happy. Yeah. He's just always like, happy. He's man. like, always. you love what you're fucking doing. I'm like, hey, I want to send you some shit. I talked to a couple guys that say you're fucking cool. I just want to send it to you. And you fucking sport it. Yep. So I'm like, wow, this guy's cool as fuck. You know, like. You meeting guys that are happy is rare kind of nowadays. It is, rare. unfortunately. Especially in yeah. this industry, you know what I yeah. mean? It's weird. Well, I, and I it's think, fishing, like... Yeah, just don't don't let the things we should be stressing about yes. in life, like where we grew up, dude, we had way worse right. things to stress over. <laughs> Gang members. <laughs> real talk, man. Like, people Straight were getting up, killed, like, in front of where we lived. Oh, I, I right? went to high like, school in South Whittier. I watched dude, dudes get sure. shot at Cal High, dude. Like, it's, real talk, yeah, man. Yeah. So, like, to, to have any reason to to be on some negative trip in fishing is so lame it's, lame like, it's so dumb because you, know? you you get to sit back and think about like man like man, i gotta pay my mortgage i gotta pay this i got health issues i mean everybody's got a health issue now oh, right with covid that, like you know that's got got the whole world in this domino effect like dude stress on other things don't stress on fishing no. like For that sure, should be man. everybody's escape and and you know opportunity to have fun but I guess if I feel like a lot of people try to make money off of it, maybe. Well, see, like I can. Never... And I feel like it's a different. It's a different outlook. Like I feel like you got to put the time in, and you got to not make money for a long time to even get close to it. Very fair. Yeah. I had this conversation with my yeah. friend that I was fishing with today, okay. and it's like about a new angler jumping on his like juice that he kind of spent time mentoring this kid. And now he's like got a guide license and he's like taking clients out <laughs> after three months of success. Yeah. Wow, right. But like, you're absolutely right, man. Like I didn't start doing training sessions until like 2014. And dude, I've been fishing for decades at that right. point. And I wasn't sure. sure if I was ready for that, to be honest. 
It's one thing to try to execute ideas and techniques and philosophies on your own oh, when you're in control, yeah. your own motor control. Yes. Now you got somebody else making a cast and, you know. You got to make sure they do like, it right. I'm exactly, telling you, dude. bro, especially if their yeah, aim is to tough. catch the biggest fish of their life. It is not easy. It's not easy at yeah, all. Yeah, and especially if they're, like, going at the time, you're probably, like, the swim bait guy. So it's like, well, you want to catch a swim bait fish like you. A lot of that no. was. But now it's been a lot of fun because I've been able to embrace a lot of these newer anglers that honestly just want to learn the fundamentals and that actually sets them up to have successes with me when i see opportunities for them to go chase the biggest fish of their life it's like hey remember all those times we were fishing jerk baits this is just like that (laughs) right but you're only going to get one bite but be ready for it and that base i'd be like man let's just fish jerk baits (laughs) (laughs) and that's fine too man but like here's the thing man fishing can be whatever you want it to be and whatever that is you shouldn't let somebody else's opinion like affect your decision yes. or desire to go fish yeah. a certain way because ultimately every fly fisherman thinks we're idiots, right? I've, like, did you, I think I heard you say that before on one of your videos. It's funny because like, I it got does. a lot of fly fishing friends now at the top of the and game. So think... like, but like, you know, it goes both ways, Yeah. right? So it's ridiculous at the end of the day, and it's ridiculous within bass fishing especially. So, huh. I mean, it's a it's... – <sighs> I think just part of the game too as well, you know. Yeah, but going back to that, like I'm not gonna be mad at somebody for trying to flip it into a potential way to support themselves so they can do what what you've done. Right. Right. But there's also ways of doing it without like disrespecting someone or offending them or like doing it for the right reasons ultimately I think plays out better in the long run. Yeah. Right. Don't jump the gun like you said. Um no, that's like what I said. I've done this for two and a half years. Because hmm. you're, you're kind of at that I don't make any now. money. I'm, yeah. I'm about to. Hopefully, I do soon. But I didn't think when I started it, it was just a fun thing. Yeah. It kind of got bigger. Right. And that's and I'm kind of like it started I was out like, that way, dude. I mean, Riley's fucking seen me do it for, I uh, bet, a year ago. You know, like, I've been doing it for a long time. You know, like, so it's like, I never thought anything was going to come out of it. I get some free shit. Cool. You know, I'm yeah. like I'm stoked like I yeah. get some free rods no, yeah really, dude I never thought I'd be doing what yeah. I'm doing man I, I, and I still have a full time job I still right. do my full time job so it's yeah. kind of like I do my full time job I have three boys and a wife yeah. I love you and my <laughs> <laughs> hover's my I know, wife you gotta always <laughs> and, uh, I mean you know so it's it's kind of like I feel like if you're not trying to make money in my head you'll be no, successful how better. about that it's yeah, always if better. you're not trying to that's, make money you'll be fair. successful it's but, always better but even know? if you are like if you just remember that the, the fundamental why should be fun right and if you're contributing positively to the game i'm okay with you making money if you're actually helping but the see the money grow, it'll, it'll come it's like if it leaves it's like i still have fun talking if to you, you guys if you have the shit, passion dude you know? and you really love something and you want to be the best of it and you do it dude the money will be there yeah that's it's real. the same way of making music, dude. Like you can't you can't start making music to make money. You're gonna be whack. This is gonna be whack. You're talking to me. So you know what I, mean? I dude, when I talk think to about you. when you first started it, we didn't. I didn't do when I was making music. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about no. making money. I just love to make music yeah. and and think about making something doper than my homies over here that's in the studio making music too. You know what I mean? That's all it came down to. Or to me, it was making something good enough to play with my buddies' mm-hmm. shows, so everyone came to see everyone. 
So like when I do the podcast, I'm like, there's plenty of other people that do it. There's Anglers Chronicles. There's Let's Talk Hookup. There's people back east. There's people up north. But it's just like my own take. And in the beginning, I'm like, this is kind of like my band again. Mm -hmm. I haven't been in a band for like seven years. Okay. And then you get more people listening to it. They do a live show. And then you get a couple hundred people show up. You're like, oh, fuck yeah. So I feel like it's almost like a band. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like my, when you I'm playing start. again, you know, yeah. even though I mm. fucking hate talking in front of everyone, you know, but it's kind of something different. But let's get back on your, your, your big fish. And then I want to do some questions as well. Like I have a, a decent amount of questions from fans. Sure. So, sure. So the next year, actually, I fell into a slump. 2013. I caught some fish with my boy Jimmy uh, down in San Diego. Uh, kind of got me back in in motion after uh, blinking and blinking and blinking on a lake that I smashed them on. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm like, yo, what is going on? You know what happened? <laughs> Fishing. Humbled me. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm at Scott Whitmer's house. He makes a triple trout. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, he had Whitney uh, Curry work, working with him at the time. And he had told me about this lake I had never heard of. Like, dude, I never really went. It's in Northern California or Central California. He's like, yeah, there's this lake above Pedro. Because I did fish Don Pedro. I fished a heavyweight bass classic tournament up there. It was like HBC3. And that was like a swim bait fishing theme, but not really. Like, it was just one fish takes all kind of format. 100 anglers. It was like, I think $100. I forgot what the buy-in was. But it was like ten grand. Like, winner take it all. My math is not really good right now. I've been up since 5 a.m. It's really simple. It's like two decimal spaces. I'm really disappointed myself right now. Um, but anyway, that lake, New Malonis, is actually like an hour north of there. So I was like, oh, okay, I kind of know where that is. And I was like, well, are there big fish in it? Because I knew there was big fish in Pedro. And he actually, well, here, check this out. And he showed me this picture of this monster bass. It was 17 pounds, 12 ounces. Oh, wow. I'm like, okay, well, there's that. There's big ones in there. There's big ones in there. So let's let's do a little road trip. So we caravaned up there. Uh, Took my buddy Dave's blue tracker, the the one famously without any uh, carpet Carpet on the front. Is that the one you caught in? Uh, Yeah, it's still at the house right now, actually. Oh, shit. Yeah, I literally just saw it. Um, We still got it. Man, that was a fishy boat. (laughs) So we towed that thing eight hours north and uh, went to this lake sight unseen scene and dude, i didn't have to- topo maps or anything i didn't Nothing even have electronics more. back then uh so we just went in there blind and you just kind of fish off your gut we got there like at 2 p.m in the afternoon uh what date was it it was like a sunday i think and we we sp- we're kind of going down this big lake and it's like the third biggest lake in california so it's not a little lake and we're going like halfway down and we go into this big bay and I kind of signal to them like it kind of because it splits like it kind of forks at this point and I'm like you guys go right I'm like, go left <laughs> all right and kind of try to meet in the middle so uh, I just keep going they split up uh, a few hundred yards down the bank I spy this long fingering uh, tapering point coming way off and I'm like oh that looks like a good spot to start but I always slide into my primary spots on the secondary areas. So I slid into this cove with this little secondary point on it and then worked my way up. And you'll see on the video on the casting yeah, scale. Seen it, like, seen it, yeah. I, I mean, I probably still have the raw video of me actually coming off pad, putting the trolling motor down and working the 22 minutes it was to that point of that fish catch. Yeah. But I was throwing a Hinkle trout at the time, which was brand new. I don't think he was selling them publicly. Uh, and I raised like a five pounder, six pounder, something like that right away. I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. And I roll up on that point and I throw it across the point and I got a big one coming up on it, like 10, 11 pound class, maybe a little bigger. I'm not really sure. Water's pretty clear, uh, eight, 10 foot visibility. 
but I could read the fish's body language because of experience. And mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, she's probably not going to eat this hard bait right now. It was big enough to draw her attention. Yes. Right. So I'm like, all right. And actually the day before I fished a tournament on Diamond Valley with my buddy, Alex Kim Gully. Yeah. Right. And he actually had a Batesmith Magnum with him that was brand new that he brought to the <laughs> tournament. Right. With the intention of maybe throwing it. And at the end of the day, I looked at it on my console. I was like, hey, yo, <laughs> you're not going home with that. Like, <laughs> I don't care what you got. I just wouldn't have said shit and put it in my fucking mind. <laughs> but here's the funny thing, right? Like, I've been around so long. Like, I remember when those things first hit the retail market at $39.99. Okay. And nobody wanted them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody. I remember uh, giving a couple to guys for, for, for retail, 40 bucks, and they're looking at me like I robbed them. <laughs> And I'm like, yo, like, okay, that was weird. Yeah. So I think it's funny now that everybody clamors all over them. Like, any bait, though. Yeah, any bait like that. Because they think, they think it's a missing piece of the puzzle. But anyways, yes. back back to the to the story. So I'm like, hey, yo, I, I only have one of them. I need a backup or whatever. Because I was actually, I've been catching fish on that bait. And uh, actually the first generation of them, too, where they're actually white, solid they're bodies. White. Yeah, okay. it's different. Not the clear plastic, stuff that yeah. Eric's making them out of now. Uh. It just I wanted to have a, a, a good selection of tools because I didn't know what to expect. Yes. So if you see any of that early stuff, you see any of my content now, like, bro, my deck is a mess. It gives people quick, ADD, quick like, question. like were anxiety. You, were you only throwing big baits for fish or were you trying no, anything? No. Only no. big baits. Uh, okay. Dude, like nine rods on the okay. deck in that video, all eight inch, nine inch, 10 inch, <laughs> yeah, 11, 12 yeah. inch baits, all big baits. Okay. Um, because I, I see opportunities to implement them anywhere anybody can throw a regular bass bait is ultimately what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I see this big fish come up on the Hinkle Trout. I'm like, ah, oh, she's probably not going to eat it. So thinking I'm going to try to catch that fish, I put down the Hinkle Trout, pick up that same Bates Smith Magnum I got from Gully. Big shout out, Gully. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Put the put the Bass Dynasty on there, and it was still a prototype kind of. Yeah, I remember you used to. He just didn't even have a enough. name for it. Yeah, yeah. Like it was just here, try this stuff the out. Black bottle. And fire off this cast off this point, let it sink to the bottom, knowing there's a big fish on it. And I'm like, okay, cool. I've done this before. And halfway through the cast, you see me like bump, bump. There's rock. There's rock. Oh, I can feel like one of those small like uh, manzanita bushes coming through pop it and you see me like pick up my pace to get up over the bush and boom i'm like oh i know that feeling crack <laughs> and this is me like starting to learn how to like pay attention to the camera and a potential audience down the line right and i'm i'm showboating a little bit i'm like oh yeah 10 minutes in i didn't even know the name of the lake bro i mispronounced it i said hey we call it, we call it in here we call it big dick <laughs> i'm like 10 minutes in i'm like oh it's a it's a good one and you could tell on big fish like fish eight pounds and bigger tend to not move on those soft bait hook sets like because they yeah. just have enough weight to just to sit there then you feel that big head shake Mm. Uh, like a six seven pounder you're gonna swing and it's just gonna keep coming with that momentum of your big hook set if you hook if you yeah, swing hard yeah. enough and this is big mono fluorocarbon days and this thing finally breaks the surface after a few lines and me kind of showboat into the camera i'm like oh my god this is literally <laughs> the biggest bass i've ever seen ever i mean there was a couple times i could see this back in the day where i i saw some mid maybe like 16 pound class fish but this thing was just it was a blob in the water and then it went to almost panic mode, but then like focus on the moment right now, 
you've blown enough opportunities on big fish in the past don't do it now yeah. but still kind of playing to the camera <laughs> right and i got a head cam version i'm probably going to release uh, on my patreon account or my personal youtube yeah i do a green room video on it but i still haven't like put that out there it, and the nets over the, the seat on the back deck and it's like caught <laughs> right oh, fuck, so like dude you know how many horror stories i have of me reaching for a net on a big swim bait fish and not having full control of that thing usually rod tip up in the air trying mm. to pull its head out of the water yeah. with a big heavy bait like Die. disastrous yeah, yeah yeah but in that moment i mean dude i'm telling you i've never been so focused get this net off of that seat still playing it cool for the camera yeah. right <laughs> all right cool and this you know Getting that big uh, salmon halibut net that everybody used to laugh at me at for having. Now everybody's got one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, All right. Pull that dick out again. I'm just saying. Uh, hey, I'm not new to this game. And this fish finally slides up over the rim of that net, bro. Oh, my gosh. I, it's hard to put into words that moment, that feeling, that overcoming. I honestly hope if you love fishing, you feel what I felt in that moment. Yeah. Like real talk. No, so, I get I get people probably when they catch their PBs if nothing like yours but like that. But I chased that fish for twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> straight up, right, dude, a hundred percent. Yeah, and I, I put myself in a position to have. Did an you get a mount made? Honestly, uh, at the time, I didn't want to do it. No, not like kill, but you could have got a seventeen. No, no, no. Comparable, it, no, like, it would have been a fiberglass mount regardless. Yeah, uh huh. Um, but at the time, no, because I felt like that might have been conceding and like settling. Yeah, for hey, that's this is it, you know. Uh, but like uh, an OG um, taxidermist, uh, Robert Munoz, I believe is his name. He's actually out of like, our area, like Azusa. Really? Uh, Glendora, maybe, or something. Oh, but he used to have like that wild taxidermy exhibit on the fr- uh, inside wall at the Fred Hall show. Yeah. First aisle. You walk in, first okay. aisle, right-hand side. Remember yeah. all of that that massive just fish mount? And he like, lives in Azusa. But he, he did. He did. Okay. But, like, his business shrunk to nothing. Oh. But he still, dude, he had all the OG molds from all those trophies from the early 90s. Because yeah. all the OGs used to bring and kill their fish yeah, and bring them to kill him. <laughs> so he had dimensions of these fish that just don't exist anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, The dimensions yeah. of my fish were 28 inches by 25 and a quarter, I think. And he had that. So you're like, yes, make it. Well, he he offered it to me for like, a, a, I couldn't say no. Yeah. And I was like, Psh, all right. So I got that mount. It's actually oh, you at, do? It's at the Big Bass oh, Dreams office in, yeah, in Texas. Like it's, hell yeah. And it's dope. It looks so, he's oh, such man, an artist, yeah. man. You've seen it. Yeah, hell yeah. Dude, it, the, the way he paints it and like that fish that, that mold was from, he's got a little bit smaller head and mouth than mine did. But dude, otherwise, it's it's. Hey, if you're happy either way, right? It's a good reminder. <laughs> yeah. Right, but. Um, Are you yeah. still hunting for that bigger? Or not really? Are you Absolutely. Uh, I'm open to it. Problem is, as you probably seen from talking to a lot of the the OGs, mm-hmm. the new yeah. OGs, man, like it's not a good time. No, not at all. Like so, hopefully those opportunities come again. Uh, hopefully they come here in California and specifically Southern California. But I think it takes more than some of us bitching and moaning about things and actually like getting <coughs> off their keisters and taking action. Right. And what I'm do you just, think you can do to like, push uh, I mean, that? Man, like, it, lake it, trout, like stockings. Like all, what it, do you do with DFG? What do you do? I mean, it's a complex answer. 
Mm -hmm. right nobody's got a complete answer nobody's even got like a semblance of a plan really (laughs) but if we can try to come together as a community especially leverage these new anglers that could benefit from catching stupid trout in some of our urban fisheries (laughs) in the winter and creating fishing opportunities for the kids yeah exactly instead of like oh man my pets aren't being fed like bro that's barking up the wrong tree (laughs) be a little bit more tactful with your presentation than you are with your swim bait homie because you're not catching anything there either like it's all I've been I've been ex- facts, I, I experienced it once trout fishing and this dude as this is at Ralph B I, I live in uh, for sure okay yeah, so I was fishing that. trout with my buddy whack whack him fishing okay and uh he's like hey I'll meet you there I said okay this is a couple years ago and this dude's throwing a big fucking swim bit right over me I'm like motherfucker <laughs> come on dude like I'm right here I get what you're doing you know but I'm like right fucking here and I I lost my shit for a minute, and then we talked. I'm like, all right, cool, you know, like. But like you said, like throwing swim baits. Sometimes I'm gonna say, kids are there trout fishing. You could be thrown right over their shit sometimes, mm. and you know, fuck it up or whatever. But but see, the problem now that opportunity doesn't even exist anymore because the trout programs are, don't see any support. Mm-mm. There's no public voice. There's no demand for it. There's nobody talking about it. But there's some angry bass guys. And Striper guys complaining, mm. that's the wrong way to pitch this. So yeah, it's never I mean, going to happen like if that. If you had, a, if you could do something, and you had a big voice, like where you had uh, some public, you know, uh, way you're in office, you know, what would you do? What would the first plan of attack be? Man, get get some participation, create some events, get some interest. Events are a big deal. Events are a yeah. big deal, man. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up at Pudding Stone, there was an annual trout derby that the Pudding yeah. Stone. All of them do. I mean, around they here, Ralph B. They used Tri-City. to. They used to. Tri-City is a catfish now, I think. It yeah. used to be trout and bass in there, too. Yeah. Like, so this existed in every one of our urban fisheries. And a byproduct of that was trophy bass fishing. So if you focus on the trout fishing programs as they were impl- designed to be, you know, enjoyed as a, a fishery in itself, that's going to happen anyway. It's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Stop barking up that tree. Be a little <clears throat> bit smarter and have some finesse in your game. Yeah. All right. Let's put some trout derbies together. Like, and let's have some fun. Introduce a whole generation of anglers, young or old, new or, or, or veteran go out there have some fun it, get some trout back in our waters that's, that's going to be a big yeah. piece yeah. right See, there you do shit like that you you have these same some guys just like what the fuck's he doing and we- <laughs> It's like laughing that you're having no clue of but what see, they don't see that i'm thinking 10 steps exactly ahead. they can't even see in you front know? of their own two feet i think that's ego at the same time right see i mean we- it's having an ego like where you're like dude you I'm gotta play the game that, though you know, know? Like, yeah, they gotta yeah, think yeah, about it. you gotta play the game Gotta yeah. play the game. So, I mean, this these are conversations I have with the team, right? And, like, everybody that rocks with me still, especially the OGs like Carnell, who's, who's been with me since day one. Like, we have yeah. these conversations like, man, we need to bring back, like, the Friends of Pudding Stone. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, we're it's all It's a busy. great idea. Like, I mean, and I'm so, sure you would a, get It's a so great many. romantic idea. <laughs> but the reality of me, dude, I couldn't even come do this podcast with you for a year <laughs> and a half. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, I mean, but maybe you could, you could get, like, a, um, like you say, a team. How about this? Street teams. 
Remember that? <laughs> hey, Carnell knows, dude. Push. You need a big push. bass dream street, street team, team, bro. Man. man, we got a solid team worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> my boys be putting in work. My boys and my females. No, you out do. There. You like, do. I seen all your videos dude, every I mean, day, homie. Every day, worldwide. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe two thousand. You know, twenty one will be the, the time to change us well, all and kind of make an event. Here's the thing, man. Like I'm trying to le- leverage myself continually to to be in a better position to influence this game that yeah. has done so much for me, right? And I want to give back to my, my where I started. I want to give back to Southern California. I want to give back to fishing as a whole. And eventually, if I can just keep getting better at what I'm doing, I'm going to have that leverage and that freedom and the resources and the support to talk, to, to walk the Whoever, walk. yeah. Like, yo, like, you need to. everybody's got great ideas, right? How many people actually execute them? So like I'm I'm really wary about talking about too much, but like this is something we talk about all the time. Yeah, and eventually I only know I only know a couple dudes that try. You know T. Yeah, absolutely. T, He's T. been doing a great job. So T's my boy. Like we we we're buddies. We fish a lot, and he'll do shit where I'm like, he does something. I'm like, fuck. He just does it. And he does a lot. He gives back. He gives his For own sure. shit away. We try to support yeah. some of his events. So like I mean, it's hard to like do it. It's Dude, really it's hard. a lot of work, man. And especially for you, I get you have a whole company you're running. So it's like, to me, to like... Dude, to me, to do the fucking podcast is like sometimes pulling teeth. You know, I got a fucking wife I got to make happy still. <laughs> the yeah. Viking. We call her the yeah. Viking for a reason. That was a, she's, a few years ago, though, we did that... Um, that bluegill one, that pan, that one oh, was yeah. that one was really fun, dude. Dude, you should do something we like that a, because we had I feel a really like good time for the people that came you out. Guys, we had a really fucking. Good I love time. fishing bluegill. I love it. I go and with see, my kid think, all the time. People disrespect panfish, man. Yeah, they all think it's, it's like, so easy until it comes time to put it. Like, dude, you know, I love fishing. I take my so kids all the fun. time. It's so much it's fun. So, bro. You can learn so much that you can apply to other styles of fishing through panfish. Maybe that's something to do next year, man, to do a bluegill event again and get kids. Summertime. That's what we did. Got bluegill. kids, barbecued, you know, and stuff like that. There's was... enough people that make food and barbecue that fish. We'll probably come on support. For sure. You know, um, let's get in these questions. You got to go to the bathroom. You guys want to take a drink, anything like that? Good. Um, good. All right. Let's get in these questions. Um, all right. Hold on. The first one is going to be got a lot of them, so hold on one right. second. Well, to guys. be fair, I'm going to ask you some questions at the end. Too. Oh no, don't <laughs> ask me. Uh, this is the first one is from Dylan Borsecki. I think I don't know. Shout out to Oregon. <laughs> is it? Do you know who it is? Yeah. Okay. So Dylan, uh, do you think custom? This is a great question. Really good question. Do you think custom painting a bait affects the action of the bait due to the weight of the bait? It definitely can. Yes. You think so? Absolutely can. You'd rather have a scratched up bait than a painted one sometimes? Now, some of the bait painters might feel some type of way because for me, man, as an angler, I never did well on a bait that I used to catch them on that I had like doctored up to look pretty. Mm-hmm. None of those baits ever caught another fish for me. I'm some out. people, you, so what I like hearing that because it's like some people focus on the color or the look too much. Not. Yeah. Right. The thing is, is if if it's a really good painter though, they'll they'll know like the mathematics of that bait, like how not to add too much to it. Do you have anyone that you respect, like that you really love, or you might go to? Um. Yeah. For sure. Like Jason. For sure. Bass Jack. Yeah. Okay. He's he's a he's a dope painter, and like he's a type. See, the thing about him is like 
he's an actual fisherman that fishes the baits first. That's important. That's man. important. So he knows how the baits operate. Yeah. So he knows offhand, like doing too much, that bait's gone. You know, it's it's. You know. And I'm sure the clear could really screw up the swim. Oh, if, it's, right, if you, you know? add too much, for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's just Bait like it's, it's just like its own science, man. <clears throat> I have guys call me and say, "Hey." Oh, I see you catching them on the 110, the mega bass. Um, you change the hooks on them? I said, no, I don't. I don't change the hooks. That, I feel like that too. Like I was like, you I, could change the yeah, hooks, right? but I'm going to be honest with you. You're not. I mean, it's not going to swim the way it's designed exactly to swim with the hooks that are on it. Like I'll buy extra hooks of the same hooks, and if I bend them out, if I feel like I've caught too many fish on them, I'll change them out with them hooks. But using a completely different hook? Just me personally, I just you know. I, I agree, hundred percent. You know, that's from my surf fishing days when I used to fish one ten. Some baits you could do that, like yeah. a crank bait or something like that. And but too, you got to get a little technical too. You yes. know how much wobble you have on the bait. You little heavy on the hooks. You're not gonna have as much wobble. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Great question, Dylan. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Here's Great. the next one. It's from Staben Anglers. Is a, he's got a couple of them that are really good. Um, the first one, as a brand, how do you feel about associating or collaborating with other brands? Man, I'm open to it. But the problem is, especially early on, man, like I've been so just focused on what's in front of me and picking those lows, like the lowest hanging fruit to get myself to that next level. Uh, there hasn't been really like free time or an opportunity to really explore. And even now, like there, there's new brands out there that have been super dope and respectful. Um but I just, I don't have the time right now. I just don't, man. Which and is good because you're truthful. I feel like if you're truthful about something, you tell the truth. I try to tell these dudes and straight And you're up, like, dude, I don't like, got time. That's it. Like, and, but like some people take that a certain way. So I've had some brands come come at me sideways. Like, yo, man, it's just because I don't have time for it. it doesn't mean like I disrespect you or like don't like what you're doing. Like your brand is cool. You're just focusing on your own deal. And really, right? like, dude, I don't care about merch and apparel. <laughs> Big Bass Dreams is nah, not a t-shirt he's, he's company, bro. He's been on that. Yeah, hey, guess sure. what? I'm in the same been. boat. You guys won't see any more cast and crank shit because <laughs> I did it and it was a fucking bitch. It's not even <laughs> worth it, bro. I'm, I don't even care. Yeah, I was, at, I was at Performance selling them and I'm like, this is fucking whack. I don't <laughs> want to do this anymore. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, it's just too much work. I want to, you know, work. like I want to focus on what I want to focus on, and yeah. it's generating dope content. Yeah. So that's what I focus on is just the audio, hey, audio. I'm trying there to do the go. fucking video, but we'll see how it goes. Um, great answer. Do you have plans? This is a great one to host any clinics or community events for the kids. You've done one before. Hopefully, this year you have next year, right? I hope so. Yeah, yeah. next year for is sure. going to be a wild year for me, to be honest. Like I might be busy as hell through the fall. But if I do come home in the fall, like let's let's try to make something happen, yeah. man. Like we'll do something small scale, even. Right, and if you guys right. want to show up, show up. That's cool. Yeah, that's something basically to get back, how right? we. Yeah, that's basically how we we you know look at it every time. It's like whoever comes out comes out. Yeah. There's always but love, anyways. You know, here's something that people that are way more successful than me in anything, and I'm not talking about just money, just like where they are in their life and their happiness level. It's like, hey, man, for you to actually pour something into someone else's cup to help them out like you got to have something in your cup to pour out mm. like bro i haven't had none in my cup my whole life give me some goddamn time <laughs> do you think that jay do i'm working on it homie. do you think that jay do though that like a little bit because you're working to build your brand on your own you do your shit you know like you're building it but no one's ever there to pour in your cup you build you make them pour in your cup or you do do something to give them 
promotional wise. So maybe a JJ little go. I'm pouring my own cup. I'm I'm good. No, no. Uh, every every situation is different. It really is. Every circumstance is different. It's just like fishing. There's no. Yeah. There's no magic lure, man. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. There's no magic answer for that. Yeah. Like, nice. Um, the next one, do you ever get burned out on largemouth fishing and need to switch up species? Have you seen my Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> he does. I don't. You know, you love, you could yeah. fish largemouth your whole life. You're whole good life. to go. I'm good. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, like, you I have see, fun doing other I shit. See, well, yeah. 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 Like, if I... You know, I'm not you opposed to You should have seen how happy Indian. this fool was yeah. pulling on Readier at Havasu <laughs> yeah. this Memorial Day. That looked fun, dude. I'm not going to lie. It was dope. Like, I'll do it, you know, but... He missed know. out missed the cat or the flathead fishing the yeah. night before. Dude, that was a blast. Really went off. Sick. I came <laughs> yeah, in too the boats late. Tied up, I came dude. in too oh, late. Nice, that nice. was really dope. <laughs> um, you already answered this one. Is there going to be a new season of Breaking Bass? No, Maybe but something different. Plenty yeah. of new stuff coming. So I wanted stay to talk tuned. about that too. If you can, can you talk about it or is it December first? You know, I'll talk about one of the things I got going on. Okay, so Defe- December first, we got a uh, new series premiere coming to the Big Bass Streams channel. It's a high production. Uh, it's going to probably be a quarterly piece if I can get enough support for it. Mm-hmm. But it's an adventure um, style uh, film, short film, sixteen minutes of just hype. You watch it, you're going to want to go fishing. Okay. And, what are you doing it out you're going to want to go fishing even if you don't fish. That's the idea. Because <laughs> I'm fine. still trying to grow the audience and show fishing is dope. And show all these people here in Southern California. And they're, they're more hip to it now than they were oh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 it, years ago. Industry it's come a long way. It's come a long way. All right. But let's keep that momentum. We used to get clown. Now everybody's like, <laughs> right? you know, yeah, think about no, it. I, even when I started 10 years ago, it's like to now people go, Oh, my wife will go. He, my husband fish. Oh, what does he fish? Yeah. Before I was like, he's, he fishes, All right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah you, you've you been know? around. Yeah, so you've seen it. Yeah. So there's uh, there's that coming out. And what what do you what do you, what kind of footage is it? What kind of are you doing? Just a little bit of everything. So it's gonna it's gonna be like a uh, more almost like a travel based deal. Okay, so Minnesota was episode one, and it's exploring Minnesota and its different dynamic fisheries through like shore fishing kayak canoe uh it's not a hundred thousand dollar bass boat no right because that's off-putting to someone that's new to this just cool this game yeah for sure because right? sometimes we... you have naggy people hanging out with you too maybe that baby sitting in the room <laughs> <laughs> those dudes aren't too bad <laughs> um but yes yeah, i'm excited for that one uh I've shown a couple people a preview. I actually haven't even shown you yet. Uh, I just got it yesterday. The pictures look amazing that cool, you put man. up so far. Yeah. yeah, you know, so I'm just trying to capture that essence better. But be nice. excited for that. Yeah, that'll be something cool to look forward to. Definitely, I'm sure everyone wants to see that. Um, when, gosh darn it, sorry. When fishing a new lake in winter, SoCal, what's usually your start plan? That was Slade. Hmm. Front end or midpoint? What do you start Winter? when it's when it's cold? Say go, December. What do you do? Go find them. Are you using location, electronics? Location is the first part of it. If you have if you have access to electronics, absolutely. Access. First thing you should be doing. That's what we did today. Yeah, we we eliminated a lot of dead water looking for yeah. bluegill, dude. I was like, dude, were you going deep? Yes, most yeah. of the time and shallow. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. in the brush. And in the sand, and in the rocks, and in the dam, <laughs> and on the buoys, like you gotta look. It, it's a process of look, elimination. Man. 
Okay. So that's a good ex- explanation right now because we're in the middle of November. So yeah. it might not be cold. Winter but hasn't even really. Yeah. We're still on the front end of fall. Dude, honestly. just a week ago there was fish yeah. in a foot of water. Yeah. Okay, so they could still be up there. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, generally yeah, you, you can kind of follow seasonal patterns, but every every year's different. Just go out there with that same mindset, no matter what the lake is and what the conditions are. Just eliminate variables. Yeah, makes sense. Um, next one is Japanese Bassman. Biggest mistake you see from beginner swim baiters? Skipping the fundamentals. I think that's a that's an easy one to answer for everyone is not being a conven- well, conventional, whatever you want to call it, uh, using all your techniques first, right? Yeah. Learning how to jig fish, drop shot, jerk bait, whatever it might be, you know, chatter bait, just learning all those things. All right? of it. Great answer. Um, who or what inspired you to pursue, pursue big bass? Man, one of the early ones for me was old Doc Holiday. Big shout out to Doc. <laughs> Saw him at the Fred Hall show this, uh, this March. I think he was rocking a big old Batman button-up shirt, man, with <laughs> that Doc Holiday swag that only he could pull off. <laughs> Batman. Man. For me, that was one of the first ones. Yeah. That I saw like in person. Yeah. Right. That lived in my kind of general area. Which is cool because you lived in your area. Like That's a lot it. of the times you can't look after a guy that lives in your area. No. Same thing with Most you. Most of those guys They're, are outside well, like in LA yeah, or San Fernando exactly. or whatever. Yeah. I I mean, for me, I think, um, I don't know. It's kind of weird because it's probably more of like maybe some local cats i think it was really just amongst all of us like we were always reaching who was, for who was some of the local dudes you guys fish with that i mean dude of... like honestly like back in the day our homie kevin hugo was always yeah, cracking dude. a big one like on a yeah. deep little end like yep. what the hell? straight like, up so but like dude he was the man yeah he was catching bigger fish than anybody in our circle for that sure. was your motivation kind of like in the beginning yeah and then like i said when it when it when i got and i was a little i was younger too at the time so i was kind of like okay big fish to me was just like i really never seen that many big <laughs> teeners, fish honestly. no teeners right not yeah. even not bro, even we fish doubles, pudding stone bro. they're northern strain largemouth hey what was not the biggest pudding stone fish you ever got uh the biggest one i ever got was 10 that's nine. a big fish dude that's a big northern Large mouth. Oh, right? Mine was eight. For biggest one I've ever. Stone. Yeah. yeah. Biggest wow. one I've ever seen. My buddy Greg caught it next to me. Um, we had four fish for like I don't know, like thirty-eight pounds or something that day. I had like a nine-six. He had an eleven-fifteen that I weighed. So that's the biggest oh, one I've seen man. on a scale because everybody's got those stories. <laughs> and even some hey, of our homies. Huge. What kind of scale? Yeah, like, what kind of scale? Uh, Salter Bricknell. Look at you're good. You're oh, on yeah. top of it. Gotta be man. <laughs> that's a dude. I. I haven't even seen anything like that out of the pud, and <laughs> who knows? Biggest how long. I caught was three pounds out of a flow tube. I had fun. That's good fish. Yeah, yeah. fun. That's definitely Just, a decent. That, that, fish that's too. a fun. I think if you're learning how to flow tube, great lake to go to. Yeah, you know you can go in that sailboat cove right there. And a lot of happen. offshore stuff. you yeah. can fish. Yeah, yep. exactly. Um, this one's for you, Dimension. If he misses, his fishing out of his little pond prowler boat. If I miss- do, at times I do. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. Yeah, man. That, that thing was dope. Yeah, yeah. That little thing. Stealth. You know, <laughs> you could definitely get back up in areas that you can't take a boat, and then it's a lot quieter, and then it actually, it slows you down. 
You know what I mean? It yeah. Allows, you, you can fish a lot slower instead of like running and going. You know, when you're in a boat, do you want to cover water? But prom probably, you only go cover so much, bro. So yeah. it's like, that's the dope thing about well, it. Well, how and big was it? Nine foot or 11? It was eight, bro. Eight. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was eight. You ever almost flipped that fucking thing? I never almost flipped it. But I did get caught in some stuff at Paris, and then one time when I took it up to um, Santa Margarita, I got caught in the back, dude. Ooh. And that little trolling motor was just <laughs> not cutting it, bro. You thought you were gonna sleep out there? Uh, huh? I honestly did. I'm not lying. Like, and nobody goes back there. Yeah, there That's nobody. A long way. It's a long way. <laughs> nobody ever came back there. And I was on a trolling motor so hard, dude, that it melted the wires and they just disconnected. Oh, shit. Then what did you do? I literally pulled the battery out of the back <laughs> and hooked the motor up direct right there on the on the deck of the boat and finally got my way back and around that like, bend. Never doing that again. Uh, never again, bro. <laughs> the struggle. That was freaking. Holy shit, and that dude. wind was just coming through there, banging me up against the rocks while I was trying to connect it. Just... All bad, but hey. Did you catch a big fish that anything, day? I didn't. I missed oh, a good one early oh. in the morning. Hey, man, shout out to it. everybody that's fishing out of, you know, a, a DOS <laughs> boat or a 1.0. <laughs> right. Straight up, man. I respect Dude. it. And don't take that, it for granted. <laughs> nah. The experience is just so sick, dude. I, I did anything in that boat, man. Like, And you'd ram it into shit. You probably didn't yeah. give a crap. Yeah, right? totally. Um, this one is all over. How hard was it to leave your full-time job and live your dream? Frightening, yeah, bro. You had a PM go? before, I remember Project that. Yeah, it did. I remember that, dude. When I got that job, I thought I was like, good, right? Like, man, I just got <laughs> laid off because of the whole recession from 2008, just lingered all the way into 2011 for me. Then mm -hmm. I just got let go for the fourth time from the same brand or same company. And they're like, man, we can't bring you back this time, like, it's bad. And that's when I had the time to fish mm -hmm. that crazy year, and then I got hired on the new job. We uh, hooked them up with actually, uh, uh, yeah, a one week, of our <laughs> a week after I caught that big fish. Yeah, where I, did you get a job at? Uh, gosh, uh, car, car construction, car. Really? Ontario. Oh, concrete. nice. Yeah, but uh, you yeah, know, I, I was like, man, I'm back in the game. I'm making money again. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going to Vegas, baby. Like, <laughs> like man, that year went by, and it's crazy because at the time, bro, I was living the dream job. Right? You know how many people go through whatever struggles they go through to land that job? Yeah, yeah. Did you go to school for that, to be a PM? Or no, no, I didn't. I didn't. I was going to school for business and became uh, a college dropout. Shout out to early Kanye. <laughs> um, and But it was really easy because, like, the threshold was set really low as far yeah. as, like, office personnel in that, <laughs> in, that, in that trade or just in that whole construction world, right? Yeah. So my buddy um, initially brought me into the field. So I actually worked out in the field as a, an apprentice. As what a kind carpenter. of a carpenter? Okay. Yeah, steel stud framing, drywall. Oh, look at you. This um, is rare. Yeah. You don't see many Asian dudes doing no, that steel stud. Not at all. But man. my boy that brought me on, big shout out to Bobby Stiles. He's out in Florida now. But I met him fishing at Pudding Stone. He was, a, he was the general foreman on the job. Okay. Children's Hospital in Long Beach. Oh, yeah. And uh, he would just get swamped with office work. It's like, hey, man, you want to just come in here and help me in the office instead of freaking, you know, move studs and drywall <laughs> and whatever crappy job is there, right? And I'm like, hell yeah. And eventually it's like, damn, you're really good at this. I'm like, bro, this is like 
a fourth grader could do uh, no. this. Yeah, like, no. easy, yeah. And yeah. it really just, you know, they were like, man, we want to just be a project engineer instead. You're like, like we'll keep you in the duh. trade. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have to put your tools on and go to, you know, carpenter school uh, four times a year. I'm like, cool, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. But like to leave that security of a weekly paycheck and a nice one too. And, you know, like I just moved out like into this new place, like, like really trying to, you know, push out, man, as a young man, like, yeah. and just getting that door slammed in my face the first time before yeah. coming back, like, yeah. kind of showed me how quickly that can go away, right? And I come from a, a family of of just entrepreneurs. Like, we, my family came over as refugees, mm-hmm. and I was a first-born American citizen here. Oh, wow. So everybody in my family hustles something. Like yeah. My cousin was on Shark Tank, and... Oh no way! He's, what what he's was it for? It. He's doing those uh, little raving light gloves, man, and like, <laughs> oh really? Yeah, and they were fighting over him. Yo, oh. it was crazy. <laughs> it was wild, man. Um, oh, but anyways, shit. I always kind of knew like having my own hustle of some kind was the only way I could really have the time and hopefully the resources to do life the way I want to do it. You knew you'd be able to push hard. uh, I I knew I could push hard. I didn't know where it could get me. Yeah. Right? So to leave that full-time job to try to chase this full-time was crazy. And it's interesting because I was actually in my office and my boss came in. I'm telling you, he's the dopest boss that I've ever had. He gave me my first Christmas bonus. Like, bro, this one almost had me crying when he gave me a (laughs) dope watch as a bonus. And he came in my office like, yo, man, like, your heart's not in this. You should go try do whatever oh, you want to do. Cool, do we have this crazy dope three hour talk? Bro, I just went for it. Worked. Sink or swim. Yeah. <laughs> there it goes. Great story. Great, great piece of information, man, to give someone, you know. Hopefully, <clears throat> I might like, uh, I know a couple guys that are thinking the same way. And hopefully, like, either you go all the way or you don't. Man, if you don't believe in yourself, who the hell should? Yeah, exactly. That's real. I agree 100%. Um, let's see. This one is from a saltwater angler fishing calicos. Where to start when looking for fish, freshwater bass, to fish freshwater bass. Um, so maybe these guys are calico anglers and they want to start fishing fresh. Find the guy sure, with the almost. fanciest boat and just follow him. <laughs> Mark all his holes with your GPS. Come back when he's not paying attention. No, man, it's as easy as uh, just trying calico, every man. different type of cover that you got on that lake and dude if you're getting positive reinforced or reaction from those fish in the form of bites or follows that's a great place to start or leave if you're not getting that yeah every lake's different yeah and every day is different they're gonna be set up on something different well i mean they're already kind of i mean if they're fishing for calico they have the mindset already of what what they should be doing and just implementing that on the lake you know a smaller smaller scale scale. yeah 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 yeah. 100 um Tom, Western Fishing, how many years has Oliver been swim bait fishing? What year is it, 2020? Yeah. <laughs> Man. <laughs> long. 20, yeah. 24 years? Fuck. 25 years, something in that range. It's a long time. Long time. No, yeah. I wasn't very good at it for most of it. A lot of it's sucky a long years. Time. Um. For Oliver, what is your ideal setup for spotted bay bass fishing? I feel like that's an easy one. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's fresh water shit. And the, the lightest rod I can get away with yeah. and and just enjoy 
every little tug and pull. From, Talk about that a little bit, Spotted Bay Bass, because I, I talk to dudes that from up north and they come down here to fish and we go fish with them. I feel like it's a it's almost like a large mouth. I'm at a small mouth a little bit, you know, like just yeah, quite hard. In some ways, the ounce for ounce, they're the hardest pulling fish shaped like a bass. Yes. By far. Yeah. Uh, if they jump, they'd be next level. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't jump. Yeah. At all. But they are tenacious little bastards. They yeah. live in all the inshore fisheries here in Southern California, down in Mag Bay. Yeah. Uh, they're truly a Southern California, West Coast fishery. There's a whole culture behind it now, which is interesting to see because... Like as a kid, when I was fishing from in Newport Bay, like nobody even cared about them. Yeah. Like you're you're fishing for what in here? Like yeah. Now it's like the cool thing to do. Like oh cool. Do people trip when you? Do you ever have people now with the podcast? More people ask about calico. I've had people go, "What is this calico thing? I've heard about it." Oh for sure. They fight hard. So here, for, you, here's, know? you know, I'm trying to always represent all the dope elements that Southern California fishing culture has to offer to every other one that i engage with and when they see calico bass a josh douglas flw tour pro is like man i want to come do that yeah. <laughs> right. even the spotties guys are like yeah that looks like a gnarly little fish you were fishing okay. in that little boston whaler i'm like yeah man like if you come to cali <laughs> you got to experience that because you can't catch them anywhere else yeah and that's a that's a cool thing to push towards dudes like even benny florentino kind of talks about it like he got like Magic Mike to come on his fucking boat, bro. <laughs> no joke. He likes fishing calicos, bro. He's dancing around and shit, I'm sure. That's so funny. <laughs> um, here's the next one. This is a going for both of you. And do you think Paris can still produce double digit bass? I think they still oh, yeah. do, right? A 10 pounder is a pretty easy threshold to, yeah. to reach. The yeah, lake's actually Paris. really healthy right now. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oliver, what is the ultimate game fish? The ultimate game fish is the crappie. The black crappie. <laughs> really he really feels that way. He ain't. That's what we call I mean, that Are might, you fucking serious? That's He's what the... I refer to them as all the time. So if that's one of my fo- you know, audience members, <laughs> yeah. he might be like just throwing like an inside joke at me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of like a, uh, um, a like a satirical like just play for me. Well, he did hashtag big crappie dreams. See, that's <laughs> he's probably up. a fan. It's uh, it's Charlie Fool. <laughs> <laughs> and then to mention it, uh, any new sweet uh, raps dropping soon? Um, actually, yeah, dude. Uh, I've been sitting on this a lot of stuff, you know, that I worked on for a while. Um, but we got some heaters coming. <laughs> got some stuff coming, dude, for sure. Nice, dude. Yeah. They might be that. fishing themed. There you go. most likely be because I honestly I'm I haven't. <laughs> what I haven't, else are you into? Right? You ain't banging, written, bro. You're fishing. What I'm saying. I haven't written anything else about <laughs> anything. So anything that I have art. <laughs> so stay tuned. Yeah, anything I'm gonna be releasing is definitely fishing related. All right, the rest are kind of shitty questions. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> when are you gonna go into that drama? <laughs> Good but, thing um, you skipped those. Man. Yeah, right. I mean, that's if you guys got something drum, that you're you brave just... enough to ask on a DM, come ask me in the face. <laughs> there you go. I'll be at ask Fred me. Hall show. I'll there be you at the go. Bassmaster Classic. Hey, if it I'll happens, probably at your leak. We, we just like keeping it positive, man. Yeah. You know, you honestly, him. just keeping it cool, to. man. I, yeah. You know. Um, I think we got through everything I had written down, man. Um, the tournament fishing thing. That's going to be. Oh, you the. Uh, you did a big swim bait one in the Ozarks, right? Yeah. Yeah. I fished a big fish yeah, event in 2018. Yeah. You won that one, right? I did. How was that? 
Uh, it was cool. Mind we docu- we documented the whole thing. There uh-huh. was just some like thing that made me call up my boy Wes because he had just hired a video kid. I was like, hey, come out and fish this with me and bring your kid, and like we're gonna do something. Like I just felt it in the air. Like I'd not been largemouth bass fishing for like five months. I've been chasing big smallmouths and musky stuff. I'm, like, I'm ready to go catch a largie. And uh, called my boy Kevin Brightwell, KGB Swim Baits, mm-hmm. to, as I was coming through Springfield, just to like say what's up and grab a beer. And it's all documented on the video. It's like a hundred thousand dollar fish on the Big Bass Dreams YouTube channel. That's crazy. Literally the whole story. But anyways, there's like a big. They have these big fish tournaments throughout the country, mostly the mid south east, where you can buy in for a hundred eighty to three hundred sixty bucks for a weekend. Biggest fish takes home like fifty to a hundred grand. <laughs> We definitely don't have those here, (laughs) man. And I just knew going in there, like, yo, there's 3,000 plus contestants, but I probably have legit more big bass experience in that whole field combined (laughs) because of that what part of the country they were in. And they probably weren't throwing what you would be throwing. For sure they were. Did you get any Cali guys coming that way? uh, Sometimes, occasionally. uh, I will say uh, my boy Kevin is a big bait maker, and this year. I think everybody that threw his swim bait cashed a check, including the winner. Oh shit, that's amazing! You're welcome. What's his What's his bait name again? K- KGB. Okay, KGB. Yeah, he's dope. He's actually he lived here in Castaic for a little. Oh bit. no way! Yeah, so that's where he got his influence from Southern California culture and took it back with him when he went back to oh, Arkansas. That's sick. Yeah, he's dope, man. He's a he's yeah, a rad dude. He's always been super really, cool. Yeah. He's really a, cool, man. He's actually a guest on uh, one of our episodes uh, from our reality oh, yeah, show. Oh, Breaking really? Bass. Yeah. Oh, nice. And he dude. stuck one off camera, of course. <laughs> like, and yeah, yeah, he's just a dope dude. So if you guys are big bait uh, fanatics, he actually go- came all the way down for the premiere too. Of um, that's right. Of um, this this wasn't the first the one. movement we did a, yeah, a premiere the for one, yeah. this, the second volume of big second bass dreams the first one was at a performance right no the first one was at sun country marine sun in country ontario marine. okay yeah yeah second that was, one that was performance okay that was yeah. performance. Yeah. Right. so uh, if you guys have been wanting to come to an event like that show up on youtube december 1st we're gonna have a virtual oh, version cool. of that, right? Mm. Hopefully, a lot of the team members will be on there. We'll be live chatting. I'll be on there. Yeah, and uh, man, just come chop it up for sixteen minutes. And, and you're doing what you can, I guess, these days. Like, I'm not. Uh, we're safe, man. We try to stay our distance, and if it, absolutely, you know, it's hard to, to. I don't know what to say because I don't. I don't know what to fucking believe with this COVID man, shit anymore. You just anymore. gotta be yeah. mindful of others. Yeah, it's like right? if, if you don't feel good, then don't come around me. That's man. All, yeah, that's man. what it is. It's like any time. Yeah. If yeah. I'm sick, I ain't gonna, you know. Yeah, I agree. Be around the same way. People. I don't want to smell somebody's secondhand cigarette smoke. Like, same bro, shit. It's dude. the same principle. Yeah. Like, um. Well, I appreciate you guys coming out. I really for do. Real, man. Show, man. Uh, Thanks for having. Hold on, us. I'm about to flip the script on you. Uh oh, here we go. <laughs> so now, now that you're a. a a legitimate influential creator especially here in this scene yes right like i want to know the why's because like to be honest i don't know a lot about you or the podcast i'm fascinated okay all right so why wh- why did you even start this i um, started it because i worked construction my whole life listen to comedy podcasts so i'd listen okay. to like uh joe rogan since it started mm-hmm. i think it was like episode 80 that's how long ago i listened to it then it was like Burr Kreischer, all these guys. So I said, okay, I like fishing. Is there a good fishing one? So I listened to like, I think it was uh, the world's greatest fishing podcast in San Diego. And I don't I don't remember, but it was kind of funny. Huh. 
So I'm like, oh, that's cool, but everyone has their uh, point of view too much. So I feel like everyone had their you don't own. Think like, it was a, a an, an objective view. Yeah. So much. everyone either had, hey, today is brought to you by so and so, and then they're interjecting whatever company all the time. And I don't get me wrong. If I got sponsors, I'd say it in the beginning and then we roll. Yeah. But I wanted to hear something a little more raw, and uh, we let it go wherever it goes. I mean, there's been times where I've with Hacker Power and I threw up in my backyard drunk. <laughs> you know, just that's where it goes, man. You yeah. know, enough. It's real. I'm a real dude. Like, I'm no different than half these dudes I listen to it that get fucked up and, and say shitty things. And, yeah, for sure. You know, uh, I mean, Riley's seen me firsthand two times, you know, like getting trashed at events. You know, I, I mean, that's I'm a regular dude. I do. Yeah. I did construction my whole life. I love fishing. What trade? Uh, I've done every trade right now. I do okay. a commercial like uh, government security for. I'm not going to say that. I'll cut that out. Mm, right. <laughs> or yeah, uh, do, I do government security for okay, uh, cool. like low voltage. So I'm an estimator. Oh, cool. Uh, I did drywall. I've done everything. But so I thought of that. So like me and Carnell talked before. I used to be in bands. That I, so when I was 22, I quit the band I was in. They were ready to go on a European tour and I had to quit because I'm a kid. So he's 16 right now. Yeah, he's no, a big that goes, yeah. Man. See, for me, uh, as a newcomer to this podcast game and con- like as a new consumer, yeah, or I don't know anything of this podcast world up until about a year, year and a half yeah. ago, yeah, right? Like until April, Voki asked me to be on hers. I yeah. really paid very little attention to like what podcast. Like, man, I don't have two hours to sit there and listen yeah. to somebody a talking. Different it's a whole different animal. Yeah. People will sit there and listen to the whole. It's no, crazy because yeah, you could, sure. I could look at my demographics and go. There's no way I'd listen to myself talk that fucking yeah. long. But people will listen to dudes like... Dude, you got to think about like people that work every day and that are traveling and that are in traffic. That Dude, it's it's, it's not as hard no, as you I think No, I do the same is. thing yeah, because dude. I listen to like in a day, I listen Especially to Especially when you're tired of like the garbage that's being played on the radio. You're like, dude, it's a bunch of whack shit on the radio. Like, why do I want to listen to this? Hey, I'll, I'll listen to a Because podcast. you can listen to so many different perspectives yeah so many different things like if it's music yeah if it's uh you know and it's all a learning curve yeah. man you want to you want to hear what yeah. people have to say you want to you know i started watching basketball podcasts yeah. there you go yeah i mean you i listen to everything i listen yeah, to especially uh, things that you're into you know what i mean you, music ones a lot of music yeah. ones too like where i'm listening to these dudes but then i hear my friends on there i'm like me's full of fucking shit man <laughs> that ain't real you're gonna be no fucking gangster you know like <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, that's pretty much what it came from, and I had a co-host in the beginning, but he got a little busy with this kid, so I just kind of do that. This own. is a lot, man. So it's people, uh, people. hopefully one day I can get an intern or something to do the video because mm-hmm. I have like probably like six or seven episodes just sitting there. The video, like hard drives full of video, because it's like it's for me to, to do a video, I can relate. It's like bam, bam, bam for two and a half hours. So I'm on premiere oh, yeah. going one, two, one, two, one, yeah. two, and then matching the audio up. I'm like, dude, this is. And don't get me wrong, it's great listens. So, like, say I'll get, you know, on your episode, like, three or 4,000 listens in a month, and I'll get another 2,000 on YouTube. Great. But it's just the fucking work. Yeah, Not making money. Of, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a lot it's of like, work to go into it. Yeah, so it's like so, I just focus on the audio. For sure. Yeah. But, yeah. but this is a reminder for the audience, no matter what you like to consume, support the creators that you guys find value yeah. in. Right. For sure. And like merch is a great way to support them. Patreon, right? dude. Fuck Patreon. it. I tell you. Patreon. Dude, I got <laughs> a Patreon. Up. And like, it's like, dude, talk. and I, I you you put out free you put out free media. I put out free media. Yep. If you like it, then support the Patreon. Real talk. I back it hundred percent, you know? Yeah, for but, sure. But uh, I really do appreciate both of you coming on. 
thanks for coming on Oliver. Thank you, Carnell, for supporting yeah, from for the sure, get-go, man. man, and wearing wearing your shit. Like, yeah. it wasn't just like, hey, I sent you some shit. No, you fucking nah, wear it, man. Yeah, I, I rep it, dude. Like I, I said, that. it was dope. Man, I really his, standards, like... his standards are set pretty low. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really like the graph, dude. It was dope. Yeah. Like, I was like, dang, that could, you know, it looked like something like a logo that would be of mine or something. Yeah. You know I mean? It had a mic. I I'm just, like, and, uh, Big Gus did that from Fishing Yeah. Week. yeah. And he's out. cool. My, yeah, dude, that's my dude now, man. Me yeah, and him he's chop a great it up guy. A lot. He's really dope, dude. He's man. fishing tournaments right now, too. Yeah. 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 We always chop it up, too, yeah. dude. So. so it's cool to meet all these dudes and, and uh, make connections. You know, like you just run into different people. And you, yeah. I mean, I can go pretty much any tackle shop and run into mark go talk to higashi oh, yeah. talk especially to now dudes that you're you know you've been well i got my solid like core dudes yeah. like i fish with joe from performance i fish with uh a mark you know i hang out with mark yeah. i'll fish with certain you know guys all the time just it's cool to meet different guys and, and and uh you know make a big connection in the whole thing and hopefully when this all ends we can do a whole nother i had an event planned where i want i have a venue my friend owns a venue called chain reaction yeah. So I wanted to do a big event where we do, uh, I think, like 15 or 20 vendors on the outside, and it holds like 600 people on the inside. There's a yeah. bar, speakers in the inside, you know, on the stage. It'd be something cool, something different, like a bassathon, but a little more to it. Okay. You know? Yeah. So hopefully in the near future, I get all the guests that have been on, and we can all hang out. Oh, yeah. You know, have fun when this COVID shit's over. <laughs> no, you know? man. But uh, I appreciate wild. you guys taking the time to come down here and hang out. I really do. Definitely. And uh, I hope everything's safe for you guys the rest of the year. That's what's up, man. Watch us, right. y'all. All right. Take care, guys. Yo, peace out.